Good day, everybody, and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 232 are open. This week on the show, Sakurai's a YouTuber, look out, subscribe, like, and all that stuff to his channel. I know I did. There's some new Pokemon shoes coming out in Australia. And uh, we do a little Gamescom roundup highlight as well. And to join me to talk all about that is a very special guest. His name's Seth, and he's from the All N, a Nintendo podcast. And keep Nintendo weird podcast. Seth, welcome to the house. I'm very excited to have you here and have an opportunity to have a chat with you, my friend. Man, I am so stoked to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been, I feel like it's been a long time coming. Like we've been kind of like aware of each other for a while. We have a lot of mutual friends and we've just been kind of like missing each other in these like Nintendo podcast, you know, indie Nintendo podcast realms. And here we are. It's, it's, it it has been long past time to finally hang out with you and and chat, you know, one-on-one. I'm so stoked. So Mm. stoked. Yeah, no, definitely. I I can echo that. And I I know for me, I, I, I talked a bit, a bit about this, um, in DMs with you, but you know, I'm a little bit shy when it's like, oh, look, they're doing cool work. I'd like to talk to them. Oh, a little bit shy, you know. And uh, I am too, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I got out of my shell a little bit, but then sort of with COVID and everything, you know, not going to the packs and interacting with as many people, so I went back into that shell a little bit. But, um, you yeah. know, I think it's time to crack out that a little bit more and talk to more awesome people like you, you know, um, people who do excellent work that I, you know, I respect and I enjoy. And, I was um I was binging a lot of your YouTube videos last night actually looking at your your um you know discussions and how um <laughs> your little vlog when you went and tried like the Nintendo ice creams at Cold Stone. Oh yeah. 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 Um cuz we we don't have Cold Stone here well at least not in this part of Australia. I got no idea about Sydney or whatever but um those uh, flavors look delicious. I really want the Mario Party Mario Party one with the cake in it. That looks awesome. Dude. And I said it's so good. I like <laughs> I, I still think about it. Like, it, it was like, it, it was maybe, I'm not kidding. I know this is just like a dumb Cold Stone Nintendo collaboration. I'm not <laughs> sponsored by Cold Stone, I promise. Not yet. That was probably the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. Like, it was so good. I still think about it. Like, I, I like daydream about that ice cream. It was ridiculous. Because, mm. <laughs> like, the other two flavors, it was an Animal Crossing, a Kirby, and a, a Mario Party flavor. Yeah. You weren't you weren't super hot on the other two flavors, but you love the Mario Party flavor because it had like cake and stuff in it. Yeah. It looked really good. It was yeah. It's like it's like pieces of just like chopped up bits of like yellow cake. Um, it's got you know sprinkles in it, cake batter, ice cream. But then like the big thing is is they just put cake frosting in it. Like they just straight oh. up put cake frosting oh. in it, and it's just <laughs> decadent. It's ridiculous. Like it has no business being that good. because um my wife the other day she bought some brownies off of a family friend who's starting up a his own business just from home just doing cooking and meals like that and uh the brownies she's like oh look they're not even cooked and i'm like is that a a bad thing because brownie bad is delicious i I have to say i love them like that you you can't really mess up a brownie for me no well i guess you can like if um if it's too dry i really don't like sure when it comes to brownies and that, I don't like it being crunchy. I like it just being real gooey. So the gooier, the better. If, don't even cook it. <laughs> just ever, give me the bowl have, and um, the spoon. You ever, you ever have like a like a chocolate lava cake, like a like a lava oh, yeah. cake or something? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. 
so good i love that stuff man i I, i'm down like i just i don't know i I have to be careful around sweets because it's it's a weakness i just i need to be careful around it (laughs) because we're watching your video we're just watching it in bed on my phone and it was like 11 o'clock and we're both thinking god we're watching this delicious ice cream being consumed on a nice hot day um here in australia (laughs) it's winter time but we were still right. I was thinking about getting out and tr- getting some ice cream because I was just at the supermarket getting some cookies and cream. So I'm like, do I crack it open? Um, I did not. Yeah. I, I resisted <laughs> the urge. <laughs> resisted temptation. That's wild. I actually forgot all about that, man. I, I've sometimes I just like I feel like I'm so ignorant just living in my little like dumb American bubble. And I yeah, it, and it's just like so hot over here. It was that day. That day was particularly hot. I think it was because I I live in Louisiana and it's very, very humid here. Mm. And um, it is I think that day in particular, the heat index was like 112 degrees or something like that. uh, Fahrenheit. It was nuts. Mm. Yeah, that sounds (laughs) sounds a bit much because it, it gets it gets hot here as well. But the last few years, honestly, it's only been a few days and um I think we need a translator here because I would say like 40, 40 degrees Celsius. So I got no idea. Um, I don't know what the, <laughs> I can't, what I the, can't what convert the it for you. Exchange rate is. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're both just in our little bubbles, man. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> Cause like a hundred to me, that's literally like a kettle boiling water. Like that is, yeah, that, that is death. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly how to translate it for you, but anyway, hot. <laughs> Look it up now. Makes uh, you just want yeah, to sit it, inside and be in the air conditioner. It, that, that's what we ended up doing. That's that's definitely what we ended up doing. Because so 112 is 44 Celsius. So whatever whatever that okay. means, according to Google. Yeah right. So all right now I can, now I've got hot. an idea. So yeah, it's very hot. No, hot. definitely ice cream weather. <laughs> yeah, it was good ice cream weather, and it, and it was a good like promotion for them um to to have out for the summertime you know no no definitely yeah so seth you um host well you run a couple of podcasts and you've got the youtube channel all in tell us a bit about the content you make because we're talking last night you said that you know you've been making content for a long time but then you dived into nintendo focused stuff and you started enjoying that but um for people that you know don't know what you do let us know what's uh what's going on in the world of all in Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so it really kind of started with um, my good friend and co-host, Eric. He and I linked up. We've been friends for a very, very long time. And um, we we sort of just had this thought of like, we, we've always wanted to work together. And so in the height of the pandemic, um, I started, I was just like holed up in my apartment at the time, playing Animal Crossing, drinking a lot of coffee and listening to Nintendo <laughs> podcasts. I get, I get in these weird modes where I just like, I want to listen to podcasts or whatever about the thing that I'm into at the time. So like all of a sudden I find myself listening to the Nintendo dads. I find myself listening to Sean and Bobby and like, I just started going through their backlogs. Mm. And at a certain point I had this thought, I was like, man, I should just like hone in on the Nintendo thing because as you alluded to, I've been making content on the internet for a long time and it's always been kind of like general pop culture stuff. It's never been focused. And um, those dudes and like the, the shows that they make and, and like what they kind of meant to me in that time was, um, was sort of the, the impetus 
that, that I needed to, to start all in with, with Eric and we just did it. And, um, those early episodes are rough. You go, Eric's on his phone in those episodes and, you know, but we made it work. Like we just did it. And, and that was the important thing. And here we are now, you know, two, two and a half ish years later. And, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. We got this whole community and we get to interact with people like you and it's, it's great. So, um, I guess the, the podcast all in a Nintendo podcast is at the heart of it. Um, which is a weekly Nintendo variety show where Eric and I kind of go through the different facets of being a Nintendo fan. So we cover, you know, the weekly Nintendo news. Um, we talk about what we've been playing and stuff, just like most podcasts. But then we have these other segments. We do weekly top fives. Um, like this week, we did the top five Nintendo exclusive first person shooters. We always try to have kind of an interesting spin on our top fives. Um, we do an indie showcase every single week where we talk about and highlight a like standout game on the Switch eShop. Uh, and then we have kind of a revolving fourth segment, which could be anything from a developer interview to like a retrospective or a review discussion or whatever. And it, you know, it's all these segments kind of mashed together into this Nintendo wonderland. And um, we provide timestamps because it ends up being a long show and we get it. We're like Joe Rogan length. We're, we're sitting here, <laughs> you know, three and a half hour podcasts. We get it. Uh, Sean was telling me the other day, he's like, yeah, because I listen to all my podcasts on like two times speed. And I was like, oh, like you listen to all in on two times speed. It's like a normal podcast. Length. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just put it down to an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, just cut it right down to an hour and a half like a normal show. Um, and then my other show is Keep Nintendo Weird, which is a, a weird Nintendo podcast about loving weird Nintendo games. It's just me and a guest gushing about a Nintendo game that we love for a little bit. And it's all about passion and just loving that sort of weird era of Nintendo. And um, yeah, that's a really special show to me. That's kind of my baby. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I make video essays on the YouTube channel. I make little vlogs, I, I guess now. I did that ice cream vlog. And, um, you know, I just kind of like to... I, I love to write. I love to kind of learn this video editing thing. I'd never done that before. So I'm kind of learning how to do that. And um, making video content on YouTube as much as I can get away with and uh, streaming on Twitch as much as I can get away with. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Now that's <laughs> awesome. And just like with all the like, video stuff you're doing as well, because I, I really want to get into making more video content too. It's just it's just finding the time and even... So time consuming. I yeah. feel like if I want to do it, I just got to sort of give up a lot of gaming and then that affects the podcast. So I, I'm, I just got to find that balance of uh, how much time to so put into hard. each thing. Yeah, Let alone work and family. I just had a, a baby boy six months uh, six months ago. So he yeah. um, rightfully so takes up pretty much all my time, which is great. I, I love him to bits. <laughs> And it's just, it's crazy how, how fast he's growing up. It just really puts in perspective of how long six months actually is because it feels like nothing to me, but it's obviously blinks right by. Mm, yeah. something, it's definitely something for him. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's all, that's all fantastic, man. So obviously at the end of the show, we'll um, do another spiel, go and check out Seth's stuff. But um, Seth, you're obviously uh, familiar with uh, Sean and Bobby, what, uh, what those two yeah. have done. And uh, unfortunately, um, you know, Bobby passed away, but we always try to pay tribute to him on the show, share the positivity around the community um, that listens to us or that listened to him when um, a few years ago when he was still with us. Um, so we've got a segment called Guru Geekouts where we just say something, you know, we're, 
we're we're grateful for or something we really enjoyed over the last week. And um, I don't know if, if you if you got one in mind, but I'll, I'll start off. Uh, the, the day of uh, release of this show is uh, my best friend and co-host of the House of Mario's birthday. So big shout out to Bryce DeWitt. Couldn't join us again happy this birthday. weekend. But a uh, big happy birthday to Bryce. Love him to bits. Um, when you're listening to this, I might be over at his place with a six pack of beer, having a quick beer with him. Hey, so there it is. So yeah, go and wish Bryce a happy birthday on Twitter at Bryce DeWitt or in our Discord community. There's a link in the show notes if you want to pop in there and say happy birthday. But yeah, even if you're listening um, two weeks later, say happy birthday for a couple of weeks ago. And you'll be like, thanks. <laughs> no worries. This will be appreciated. Yeah. 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 He won't not appreciate it. He won't be like, oh, look, he won't be tapping his watch. Be like, where were you two weeks ago? Oh, where were you two weeks ago, man? Come on. It's the thought that counts, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, so so for for mine, I was thinking about this, and by the way, I love that you do that. What a great idea that is! I I I love and think about Bobby Paul so much. What a great tribute that is! So I, I love that you do that on the show. Um, for me, and this is actually kind of Bobby adjacent. Um, so our mutual friend Sean Capri and his Carpool Gaming community, mm. um, they do amazing work over there. Shoutouts to Carpool Gaming. Love those guys. Love him. Love his crew. Um, but they have a kind of like, I don't want to say sub community, but they, they have this like video game book club called the Backtrackers. And I just am so thankful for the Backtrackers, man. Like I, 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 I try not to sound like too much of like a shill or like sound like I'm like being hyperbolic or whatever, but like it was, I joined them for the first time, I think in like April or May or something like that. And it was like a game changer for me. Like it was such a positive experience. Like I just went in there, they're doing um, Night in the Woods. Basically what they'll do is they'll, they'll get together, they'll all play a game, and then they'll come back in like, you know, three weeks or something and just chat about it for a couple of hours. And um, and and uh, Marcus and Delroy, they, they like run the thing, they kind of keep it structured. And it was just like this great group of like raw, vulnerable discussion and just like amazing people. And I, I sat there and I realized like, in all this time that I've been making content on the internet, like when you get so engrossed in this and you're kind of in this little world, like you don't often get a chance because like, it's not recorded. It's not streamed. It's not for content. Like it's just for the love of doing it. Mm. And there's something to that. Like I, I was just like, I can't remember the last time I just sat with friends and just chatted about a game for two hours and, and it wasn't on a podcast or whatever, you know? Um, and it was just like really, really edifying. And I just got to know the people and the the folks that would show up to that group and they're amazing people. And just everybody comes just like ready to go there. It's like little therapy sessions. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just, I, I love the backtrackers. It has been so important to me. I, I talk about them any chance I get because that's just an amazing group of guys. Yeah. I absolutely love um, everyone over in the carpool gaming community as well. And I really do wish I could sort of join in more things, but I think they, they do it about three o'clock in the morning, my time. So I'm like, ah. Oh. I was about to say, it'd be late yeah. for you. It'd be late for you. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's, a, there's a few things in like some communities um, I've sort of, you know, put myself in, you know, because I enjoy their content or I'm friends with them or whatever. But outside of Australia, like we're just such a complete flip of the of the time zones. So it's a little bit hard to get in there. Yeah. But I'll be all over that as well, I reckon. Just, um, just it's, it's a great excuse just to try and try some brand new games that you might not try yeah. otherwise. 
and it gives you a little bit more incentive to get in there and maybe get some different perspectives of other people that have played the exact same game in the same time frame. I love the idea too. Um, I think it would be great. I, I want to sort of implement something like that in um in our Discord, but we're just like we're way smaller than Carpool Gaming, so oh sure, it's a little yeah. bit harder to try yeah. and implement stuff like that. But no, that's um that's a great one, man. Love it. All credit to them, dude. It's it's so good. And like it, you know, and it's one of those things, like you're exactly right. It's it's getting to play these games that wouldn't normally really be on my radar, getting to try these new experiences. And the the system they have in place where like basically how it works is at the end of the session, uh, a wheel is spun and somebody gets to choose. And like the more sessions you attend, the more chances you get. Oh. And then once you hit it, you're taken off the wheel, you know, <laughs> so you're not going to hit it like two weeks in a row and stuff like that. Um, and so the last time we met, I got to choose the game and I chose Hypnospace Outlaw, mm. which is one of my favorite indie games, but I knew it was going to be very, very divisive, but I knew it was going to get amazing discussion. And sure enough, most of them hated it, but <laughs> <laughs> the discussion was amazing and we got really great, um, just conversation and just got to talk about like what that era of the internet that that game represents means to me and stuff. And just get to know each other better. It's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I love the backtrackers. Oh, very nice. Very nice. So, yeah. Go and check out Couple Gaming if you want to go and um, be a part of that. Yes. In the Discord. Yes. I'm sure Sean or um, one of the guys will have a link somewhere for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I think they, sure. yeah, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll figure <laughs> it out. <Yeah. laughs> they got it. <laughs> just, just break in, whether they want you or not. Yeah, just bust on in. <laughs> Say that Seth and Drew sent you. Bust on in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. This week, I haven't been playing a, that t- too many games, to be honest. I've been jumping into a bit of Smash Brothers just in my free time, just just to have some fun. I've been doing some... I don't know. I've just been uh, getting out some home run contests for some reason. I was watching a, a video from Kit and Krista on their YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and they did a challenge where they were trying to um, do the ho- home run contest. Like, right, I'm right, like, right. Hmm. So I looked at I looked at my switch. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna beat him, and I smashed their score pretty easily. So you know, go go Drew. Yeah. <laughs> but I noticed I got like 450. So I forgot the uh, I forgot what uh, metric they used to measure in home run contests. But I got like 450, like a, like a really insane thing. I could not beat because I with a King DDD. Um, King DD is one of my favorite characters in that. I noticed in your Twitter bio, you're Dude, a, you're a big DDD fan as well. Friend. Oh, you've my got a plush friend. right there. Oh, you've outranked me. I don't have I don't have a King DD on on my, hold. My friend, <laughs> my my friend, <laughs> you my friend. <laughs> I I I love me some King DDD, my friend. That's my favorite Nintendo character. You said the right. You said the magic words. Mm. <laughs> so in Smash, are you a DDD main or? thousand percent thousand percent nice nice yeah like yeah. uh that damn I, b with the hammer is so satisfying it's unbelievable <laughs> i well and i love yeah i love not only that i mean he's just a really and i normally hate slow characters by the way mm. like i don't i do not like to use slow characters in most games but that that character is just so satisfying to play like something about the way it hits and connects and like i love doing that like that side, uh, that side bead with the Gordo where he just like oh, yeah. s- sends the Gordo out and just like when that, mm, oh, it's so good. Chef's kiss. Um, yeah, him and Banjo, though, those are my two mains. 
in Smash. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Because um, in the home run co- home run contest, I sort of worked out a a little strategy that you do like um one side smash attack. Then you do the Gordo. The Gordo sort of bounces off the sack while you're doing other attacks. And from there, I just try and oh do gosh. try and do what I can do. But yeah, I couldn't beat my um my old score, bloody um past ruby just uh was too good for me couldn't, couldn't beat it <laughs> you have the you have the right stuff ddd is such an underrated character i feel like people mm. sleep on king ddd look don't don't get me started we could be here all night just talking about king ddd i i love 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 him i want to dive into it a little bit because it's a little bit of a tease, sure. a bit of a bit of a tease not to go too far into it but where did this originate were you just a big kirby fan and coming against ddd was like oh my god who's this big bad boy or was it Smash yeah, Bros? Yeah, I think... Well, I yeah, I've been a Kirby fan for a long time, and I think I've just always liked his vibe because, like, he's he's the bad guy, but not really. Like, you can't take him too seriously. And he's, like, you know... Um, he, he's, like, the number one champion of being, like, possessed by some evil force or whatever. Like, the only time DDD does something truly harmful and evil is because he's possessed by something else. Um, and he's just, like, this kind of... I, I just love his, like... He's a he's a king and he's a ruler and he like you know is very food driven and stuff so he's just kind of aloof <laughs> and I love his design and I love that they're not afraid to go crazy with his design like they're not married to his design I mean Kirby's more or less always look the same Meta Knight's more or less always look the same DDD you could have you know your standard cute penguin DDD like you're kind of used to in Smash or whatever we could also have this kind of aggro like no neck DDD that you see in Kirby 64 and in forgotten land and stuff like that. Um, and it still reads like DDD, like it all feels true to his character. Um, and then like no spoilers for forgotten land or whatever, but um, there's a moment in forgotten land where I was like, wow, like he has a little bit of like a character, like a legit character moment mm. towards the end of forgotten land. He actually like cares about his people, you know? And um I just, I just love him. And I, I love like his theme, like his, the, the music associated with him. Um, just a, just a fantastic character. I've just always resonated with him. No, no, that sounds, I, I love the backstory of that. Cause um, for me, it probably was Smash Brothers that I fell in love with him in um, Super Smash yeah. Brothers Brawl when he first got introduced. And it wasn't probably until a couple of years into the game that I actually started like really enjoying using him and, in Smash Brothers for 3DS and Wii U, they just they up the ante on the character. He always had Gordos because in Brawl it was hilarious how you just throw in like his minions. You're getting different ones each time, but if you're lucky, you yes. get that Gordo. And then um, I remember in a direct when they were going over DDD's move set, and it was like you know you always throw Gordos now. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> so good. look out, Bryce, you bastard. <laughs> This is, oh, this is such a delight for me to get to sit here and talk about DDD. I I, <laughs> I I love that like, and and they did such a great job with his move set in Smash. I love that like that hammer spin that he does, and it's just like like oh, it's just like the most satisfying thing in the world, man. And like I I love even there's a little bit of like kind of subtle. Well, Kirby has a lot of like kind of deep lore bubbling under the surface of it anyway. And one of the reasons I love Forgotten Land is because it made like that weird Kirby lore come front facing. Like it took the subtext and it made it text, you know, mm. and I love that. But um, but with DDD, there's like this kind of like weird fan servicey, maybe I guess, thing where like he's always voiced by the the director of the series at the time. And I love that. 
like that's such a subtle thing and ddd doesn't even really have much of a voice but they get the director of whoever the director of the series is at the time comes in and does ddd and i just think that's great like the the king so to speak of the series is the king in the game so good yeah maybe <laughs> the development team's like oh this producer he's such a bastard i hate him and so we'll make him the villain each time i'm sick of being bossed maybe. around by him <laughs> maybe it's that as well and he's he, he just <laughs> strikes this like this right balance of you know what he reminds me of he reminds me of team rocket in the original like pokemon series like jesse james and meowth we're like they're trying so hard to do something bad like they're just they really are trying but they, you just can't because they're so goofy and lovable despite everything and DDD has that vibe. Like he he really, really does want to do something to stop Kirby or whatever, but he can't do it. He just can't do it. He's just too goofy and you just can't take him. You can never take him 100% seriously. <laughs> He's the best. He's the best. Like if, if you were a villain and you come across Kirby, you're like, oh, can't do anything to you. Just a little, <laughs> just a little boy. Like, oh. Or a little thing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know he's, he's, Kirby's terrifying, dude. He's <laughs> Kirby's like low key. I mean, like he's this <laughs> weird, like the, the, the lore on Kirby runs deep and I didn't even realize how deep it was. No, I didn't uh, either until mine. Forgotten Land. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That was a bit here. <laughs> it's, it's intense, dude. It's, it gets like intense. There, there are people who do like lore videos and like dark souls and bloodborne. And at the same time, <laughs> Kirby, like no joke. Um, yeah, and and Kirby is just kind of like this all powerful like god. Like it just it's wild. Kirby is like low key terrifying. <laughs> I think you would be a good person to do some of those Kirby lore videos. You should do some because some of your videos oh. going into the, the lore of like the Rex from Mario World and stuff. I think you'd be great yeah. at doing that if you <laughs> feel interested doing in doing that. Yeah, I love doing that stuff because I I in my history. You know, I'm I'm like a child of the internet and stuff like that. And I kind of came up in those early internet days. That that time is very special to me. So like I cut my teeth writing like Mario fan fiction and things like that. And Ooh. um yeah, and I, I know a lot of like just dumb, obscure facts about like Mario enemies and characters and stuff like that. And um I've got just this endless well of of videos for that series I want to do behind enemy lines. I just I love doing that. If I could do like one thing in perpetuity, it would probably be that. Like if I could just do that, I would be happy. But it's just a part of what I do, sadly. <laughs> yeah, because I imagine that would take a fair bit of time too, getting that together and edited and recorded. And It does. Actually, the for all that stuff, the, the writing and the recording is super, super quick for me. Like I... Uh, I'm also a musician. So like, I think of the music and stuff as I'm writing the scripts and like, I can put all that together in a couple hours, but, mm -hmm. um, but the actual editing is I'm still learning it and like compiling all of the assets, especially for behind enemy lines. Cause I'm grabbing scans from this obscure Nintendo comic or, you know, I'm grabbing footage from, you know, the super Mario world animated series or, you know, all this like stuff, this like Japan only Satellaview thing, you know, that's the laborious part. The writing's easy. <laughs> no, no, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, big, big DDD fans here. You're definitely the, the 
big DDD fan. I, I'm just the, the fake man. one who likes to play him in Smash Brothers and respects me in the games. But man, that's deep. I I, <laughs> I appreciate. I super appreciate the opportunity to talk. That look, I've been on many podcasts and Nintendo podcasts. Nobody has ever given me the chance to talk DDD. So I know. Look, what a treat! <laughs> what a treat! I'm so happy right now. <laughs> do, what do you reckon they knew better? Like, oh look. Seth's coming on. Let's Just not get him don't, started. Don't mention DDD for the love of God. <laughs> Let's not get him started. For the love of God. Let's not get him. We'll be here all night. <laughs> uh, so have you been playing anything uh, on Switch this week? Um, Xenoblade. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So digging away at that. has been the big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we um, Eric and I are trying to get that game finished somehow. um and and do like a review discussion on it for our show um it's just so big i'm like i'm like 60 hours into it and i'm like halfway through it like it's nuts it's nuts eric that dude is like 130 hours into that game and he's still not finished it yeah nice okay it's wild it's wild so i'm chipping away at that having a really good time with it it's it's a phenomenal game i was talking to sean about this i think it might be the best video game soundtrack ever composed i i really do think that and and i don't say that lightly like i i am somebody who loves 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 video game music it's one of my great passions in life um and i'm just thinking about it as i'm playing that game i'm like track for track pound for pound this is just it's easily top three if not the best it's easily top three it's just so consistent over the course of this massive scale rpg every single track is incredible oh it's it's that's my favorite part probably about it hmm. it's it's so good and yeah, nice. So, yeah i'll have to go and um check it out because i i decided not to play the game and it was pretty hard to say i'm not playing a nintendo game it felt weird honestly just sitting back right. and watching everyone else play it but I just knew that I wasn't in the right place to play it. I need um, maybe a bit quieter time of year or something, if that exists. Sure. But yeah, because <laughs> um, uh, my my co-host Bryce, he 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 um he's a big fan of the series. Really, he's played them all. Pretty knowledgeable about it, and he he has finished the game. I forgot how long it took him, but he oh, man. he went through it. I think um I can't quite remember. It might have been seventy something hours or something. Um, yeah, and so, uh, our friend as well on our Discord community, uh, Luke, he finished it in like fifty three hours. He put it on easy and wow, just I think ignored the side quests. Charged and, through it, yeah. So it is yeah. doable, I think, but obviously you're missing out on a lot. So it's just whether you're comfortable missing out on a lot of that side content. But by yeah. the time by the time I get there, that might be what I'm doing too. I'll be playing it in <laughs> that's 20, my problem in twenty thirty probably. By the time I'm getting to it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's my problem is I'm sitting there, I'm doing all the side missions, I'm like stopping and smelling all the roses. They they do such yeah. a good job of like littering the world with all these little collectibles. So I'm just like, ooh, shiny thing. And I'm just, you know, next thing you know, I'm off on a track for, you know, 30 minutes. And that's great you know. though, because there's no rush. When are we gonna get another Xenoblade Chronicles right. game? Like, just enjoy it. Like Yeah, and yeah. And, I, and, and Eric and I were talking about that because, you know, there, there's the there's the sort of thought of like when you're a content creator, like, oh, we should get through this and mm-hmm. that way we can have a. It's like, no, who cares? Like, we're not realistically the people who wanted to buy this game. We're not like sponsored by Nintendo or whatever. <laughs> like, we're not trying yeah. to sell the game. So what's the rush? Like, it's just for the love of talking about it. So let's take our time. Let's marinate on it. And then when we get to it, we get to it, you know? Yeah, because even if you rush through it, do a spoiler discussion majority of the right. people still won't be there to listen to it because um, they're still playing right. the game. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and at that point, I think about that a lot. I'm like, for for me, like, I'm not about hitting. I'm I'm deadlines are not important to me. What's important to me is like providing good data to the audience, like making something that people actually want to listen to. And if I, you know, if I were to just like rush through it for the sake of being able to talk about it, make a video on it, whatever, you know, then I, I don't know if I'm doing it for the right reasons, you know? So mm. that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Cause like for me with Fire Emblem Warriors, um, three yeah. hopes, I probably finished that like, a month and a half after, like I wasn't, I didn't rush through. I, I sort of, um, I put a lot of time into it, the, like the final week, just so I made sure that I didn't drop off and never finish it because that's a problem I have <laughs> where it's like, Same. Just, uh, <laughs> Same. my backlog is just full of three quarter percent <laughs> or three quarter uh, finished games, which is a, uh, which is a problem. Um, Relatable. <laughs> yeah. So I just made sure I wanted to finish it, but you know, don't have to finish it in a week. Everyone's already got their reviews up. It's, um, the little boys can just uh, can just play their play their games and talk about it when um when they're ready. It's video <laughs> games. It's video games. I I try to say that so much. I'm like, at the end of the day, dude, it's video games. We're here to have fun. You know, play how you want to play. Who cares? It's just video games. Mm. You know. So I yeah. try to keep sight of that. It's it's easy to, especially when you're a content creator, it's easy to get that FOMO or feel like you're oh, you yeah. know not optimizing your content or whatever. But it's like it's at the end of the day, it's video games. Like we're supposed to have fun with them. You know that's why we do this ultimately. You know, mm. I was pretty close to cracking too. Like talking about FOMO just with Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I'm like, oh, just pick up a copy. You know, have it for later. Right. It's like, it's like no, no. Digital download's going to be there when I want to play it. I don't need to spend 80 bucks right now. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll probably, and by the time you get to it, it'll probably be on sale. You know what I mean? And like, you'll get it for cheaper. You'll have more time. You can do it more leisurely. It's $5 it's dollars off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, five Nintendo. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing too. Like Nintendo's just trained us so well where it's like, well, I might as well pick it up now because it won't go on sale. So but with um yeah. with other games, I know you're really excited for Sparks of Hope. For me, I'm a yeah. I'm a little bit standoffish because I'm not a, I'm not a massive Ubisoft fan, so I don't want to support them full bore. And I know sure, the game sure. will go on sale pretty soon anyway. Totally, so thousand percent, so thousand percent. They've trained their audience to be like, well, I'll I'll sit back. So it's interesting how different publishers have these different sort of takes on when what goes on sale because i think like say if you're picking up a playstation game it takes a fair while to go on sale but it will it will go down in price but yeah nintendo's a they know they know who we are they know what we want pretty rock solid yeah yeah we're more than likely and and like i already too my my scope of interest is so wide like i i i want to play so many games Mm -hmm. um there are very few genres that i'm like not interested in it's very few and far between if anything, I want to play too many games, you know, and I, I have to like, I have to call it back. Like I, I have to be like, okay, like actively dude in September alone, there's like seven or eight games I want to play. And it's like, at a certain point I have to just prioritize. Cool. I am playing Splatoon three and monkey Island. And that, that is my September. That's it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the rest of it goes on the wish list. <laughs> like October. I don't know what I'm going to do in October. Yeah. Probably play uh 10% of what I actually want to play because Persona <laughs> 5 has been on my backlog forever, but oh, I yeah. I just could, I can't really justify kicking my wife off the TV, but all right, I'm going to do some grinding in Persona. It's just that 
But on Switch? But on Switch. But on Switch. I don't have to kick anyone off my Switch. I'm, I'm the dad in the house, yeah. so I've got my own Switch. <laughs> so, Dad's yeah. got his Switch. I'm going to do a few dungeons in Persona. And, mm. So yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what the end of the year is going to look like. It might just be sticking with Persona. Providing that it's um it's hooking me. If it doesn't hook me, I'll probably just fall off of it. But there's Pokemon too. Oh, I'm in trouble. Is Pokemon going to uh, oh. just derail the Persona? That's... um. That's what I'm thinking because, yeah. yeah, the rest of the year, like it's not it's not too crazy like compared to some years. We've had a pretty quiet year red, relatively, but there's still a fair bit and they're big games as well because uh, for me, I'm I'm keen to play Nier. I'm keen to play Persona, like those two ports um, that came out in 2017. I'm sure a lot of people have played them, but I haven't. And then yeah. for then there's Pokemon, Splatoon. I'll probably end up playing just Splatoon, to be honest, just jumping into multiplayer matches because that'll be <laughs> like the easier thing to do. <laughs> just uh, turn on that for an hour and you've had your fill. But yeah, it's interesting. Like what, what are some games that you're really looking forward to coming out this year? I know like Sparks of Hope, you did a video on that and you mentioned that that was one of your, one of your um, most excited ones. Definitely is. Yeah, I, I love I, I love the first um, Mario Rabbids game, but um, but I also really just love kind of like the people behind it. I think that's what really attracts me to it. Davide Suliani and just like this delightful little like bromance he has with Grant Kirkhope, which is like <laughs> he's one of my favorite composers of all time. Like I just I, I love their back and forth. I love their working relationship. And I think everybody kind of fell in love with Davide during mm-hmm. that E3 you know, where they showed him the crowd. And it was just a beautiful moment of like, hey, you know, like people make games, you know, and uh, he just really is a fan of this stuff. And um, and it's also just like Mario Rabbids is just this magical project that like shouldn't exist. And like, I'm just like, I kind of love it for that. I kind of love that it's just this weird concoction that not only shouldn't exist, but shouldn't be half as good as it is, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Like, it, it makes no sense. It, it it just like, it makes no sense at all. So I, I love that series and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to sparks of hope. Um, Bayonetta three is another one for me. I love the Bayonetta franchise. Um, I've been waiting on that game for a long, long time. So I'm excited for that. Uh, yeah. Pokemon, obviously very excited for Pokemon. Um, I, yeah, those, those are probably my three like big, big ones. And then Splatoon. Like Splatoon's gonna be huge. I'll be, you know, that'll be in my rotation for quite a long time, I think. <laughs> Same. It's just so exciting, like getting back into it because it's been a long time since I played Splatoon two, and yeah, I th- uh, was late last year. I sort of, sort of wanted to give it a go again, but when I got my Switch OLED, that was the one game I forgot doesn't support cloud saves. So right, I transferred yep. my Animal Crossing, all my Pokemon games to my new save. I'm like, all right, cool. It's time to trade this bad boy in. And I'm like, wait a minute. Splatoon? Oh, no. Yeah, that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Same boat. Disappeared. Same boat. Yep. I, and, um, and what's awful about that is like now, because there's apparently some rewards you get in Splatoon 3. You and yeah. I, I can get those rewards. Mm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I think um, my bummer. ranking in Splatoon 2, I put time into it, but I was no, I was no awesome player. So I don't know sure. what great... I was thinking though, is it worth just booting up Splatoon 2 and making a save file than having whatever gifts you get from just having a save file come maybe. over? That's something I was thinking yeah, about. Maybe. Yeah, that's a good call. I might need to do that because to be honest with you, I wasn't really like 
super interested in having my rank carry over anyway because no. I, I was just like oh my gosh like don't pair me against people of this rank oh, I'm, no. like, I, I'm so rusty don't do that to me <laughs> that's right. you know it's the last thing i want i want to be no, paired against uh, schmucks like me i don't want to be paired against right. uh, the wacko jackos and the good players of the world oh yeah <laughs> Oh, do, do do me like Fortnite where they put you against bots for a while and you think you're just you're just awesome, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, sick! I got a battle royale immediately, or whatever. And uh, yeah, so I but but I didn't want that. But yeah, you're right. If I could just pop in there, get a save on my Switch real quick, and then that is a good call. I might need to do that. Yeah. Because the the, the yeah, new amiibo idea. too, that looks so good. That was a <sighs> that was I love amiibo. That was such a quick uh, pre order for me, but. They're really exp- were they more expensive that three pack over in the states because like here in Australia they're seventy bucks and typically a three pack was like fifty bucks. Holy moly! Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So now they Nintendo. Yeah, like I said before, Nintendo. Who knows who they're selling to? Yeah, yeah I think they're. <laughs> I want to say they're thirty five here. Well, and, and yeah, oh, they Jesus. did. They did up the up the um the standard price of Amiibo. Yeah. Um, a couple years ago, they they went they because when Amiibo first came out, they were twelve ninety nine, and now they're fifteen ninety nine. Um, and at least here in the States and, and like, to be fair, they, they've improved the quality of Amiibo so much. Oh yeah. And yeah. like, I'm somebody, I've been there since day one with Amiibo. I, I have a complete Amiibo collection. I love Amiibo. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Um, and, um, it's, it's something that I just like in those early days, like I was the dude there waiting for target to open so I could get Jigglypuff, you know, just like dumb <laughs> stuff like that. I, I was just a total psycho about it. Um, and now it's a lot more low key because they're just not releasing them in the same capacity that they used to. But, um, but yeah, they, they've definitely gone up in price, but they've gone up so much in quality too, that like, I, I really don't mind. And they just make me happy. Like just having those little nice, like high, they could, they could do nothing and I would still buy them to be honest with you. Oh yeah. I, I can't <laughs> remember the last time I scanned something. I think I was talking about it last episode. I might, I think it was breath of the wild. I literally scanned an amiibo to get all the cooking ingredients, but since then, right. <laughs> I can't remember doing it. I don't know if I've done it in Smash Brothers even where it has pretty good compatibility. Like I just haven't really yeah. had a reason to, but I just love the statues because more, more recently, like the limited editions with Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hopes, and even Bayonetta coming out. I just honestly, I wish it was just the game and an Amiibo with an art book. I yeah. really, I wish that was that was it, to be honest, because um, the, the whole statue thing, I think that's a great idea for other games. But usually they're a bit cheap and the faces look a bit wonky. I think just like a small amiibo is just kind of perfect. Like nothing too big yeah. or over expensive. Just, yeah, just I quite enjoyed what they were doing in the Wii U days where it was the game and the amiibo and that was kind of what you get. Like the little Yarn Yoshi. Oh, that was <sighs> those, so good. That was uh, so, so good. I was very tempted to pick up all the colors. It sounds like you have if you've got a complete collection. I and do. Also, the, yeah. the big one as well. The big one was really expensive mm-hmm. here, so I'm like, oh, I can't. I don't. I don't want. That one was expensive here too. I think it yeah. was forty or forty five here. Yeah. I think it was about sixty yeah. or seventy here. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't need it. Don't need it. Can't justify that. Yeah. I. I. You know, and it's funny too. I never. I just. I've been pretty fortunate. I've never like overpaid. There have been a couple of amiibo that I've had to import, like Japan exclusive amiibo and stuff. But I've been lucky to kind of get in on the ground floor with all of them. So like mm. the QB Amiibo from Box Boy is one oh, of the yeah. most expensive ones. Um, and I mean, I just, I mean, I got that for like 40 bucks. Like I just imported the game with the Amiibo when it first came out and I just got it for a retail price, you know? 
And now even loose now you're talking three, $400, you know, it's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So Mm. no, it's, it's one of those things. Like if you want to pre-order something, you've just got to be knowledgeable when it's dropping, where it's dropping and be there. And if you're, if you're on the pulse of like all the amiibo where to be, but if you miss it, that's when it's hard to track down when you've got to be looking secondhand, paying extra, or just like, you know, seeing if they're going to get restocks and ringing stores. And that's when it becomes more complicated, totally. but just got to, you got to keep on it and um, keep, keep the bank account uh, pushing out the cash for those uh, delicious plastic. <laughs> Cause, um, yeah. There are people that are like, Oh, you're, you're so lucky. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not lucky. I, I worked for them. I'm persistent. Yeah. And I, and I like, you know, drove myself crazy tracking these things down. And if you, you know, if you want them, it's like you, you can, you can make that happen. I mean, I understand, you know, like, like money value, things like that. That's all subjective. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in, in terms of like, if you really want something, then it's like, you can, you can make that happen for yourself. You know, if it's Amiibo or anything else, it's just about your drive to get it done, you know, so. Yeah, for, for me, I started off being like, I'm just going to get the characters that I like. You know, Super Smash Bros. Gonna yeah. Going to get Mario and Pit, Link. And then very quickly I discovered, oh, my God, I like a lot of Nintendo characters. I think I like them, I f- I like them all. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and yep. uh, then I'm down a, a rabbit hole and I'm in Target. I'm thinking, oh, they've got those gold and silver Marios. Um, I might say if they have them. And, of course, they don't have them. You can't just walk into the store and get something like that. But I think, say, if they had fully stocked Amiibo everywhere, I would have went down the rabbit hole so quickly and had a full collection. Like, if it was just simple enough and it's like, oh, just little impulse buys here and there. Um, because yeah. I, I ended up with, like, a crate full of Amiibo just from um, impulse buys when I go to, like, EB Game. Oh, look, they've got that one. Oh, I like that character. Um, cool. Oh, yeah. Dark Pit. I just oh, love them. I might as well get Dark Pit. I've got yeah. Pit. Yeah, they, they're, they're friends. They, they're friends at the end of the game. We'll put them together. <laughs> like, yeah. I just love, they just make me happy. I just love having this little Nintendo. And, you know, and yeah, I'll, I'll probably, most of them never scan them. But I just like opening them, taking them out of their box, looking at them, putting them on the shelf. Here, we're on, we're on video. So I don't know if you can see there behind oh, wow. me. Yeah. I'm messing up my camera too much. I have these uh, shelves mounted on my wall that has got the vast majority of my amiibo on it so because <laughs> i i so, was yeah. um i was buying amiibo and i sort of ran out of room for them so i had i just kept them in the box and now i'm at the point now where it's like years later and they don't sell them anymore so it's hard to take them out of the box because <laughs> i'm like oh well, it's right it looks so um so minty you know it's like a- <laughs> yeah now it's all valuable and whatnot yeah i yeah i like i i set them free I like having them loose. I like, you know, pretending like I'm in, you know, Smash Brothers 64 Melee or whatever. You just have all those little trophies on your yeah. on your desk or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that like um the trophy viewer when they're all on the desk and now you can just tiff them out all onto your desk and just it. do it yourself. I love it. <laughs> and I have extras too. Like I, I will literally for, for the characters like like I have a DDD like on my shelf behind me and then I have this one here for my little desk ddd shrine like i just keep it here because i just like looking at them you know i just like having them there it just makes me happy if i'm having a long night editing or whatever i look at my little ddds and you know what everything's gonna be all right <laughs> i need to put some on my desk too i feel like that's a good idea 
just makes me happy. You know, it's, it's like simple stuff. Like I just keep dumb stuff around me that just make me happy. I keep, this is, um, this is the cold bloom. Um, this is my, my Jeff Goldblum koozie from, uh, from the idle thumbs podcast, which is the podcast that got me into podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, they're defunct now. They haven't been around for many years, but they sold this little piece of merchandise, just this little Jeff Goldblum koozie. And I just keep it around cause it reminds me of them. And it kind of reminds me of where I came from. I just, I like having these little trinkets around me. No, I like it. Yeah. I've got like a, my, um, Pokemon 2DS or Pokemon new 2DS. I like, Oh yeah. With like that button on it. Um, oh, it's so good, isn't it? Oh yeah, I um I saw it at PAX. And I was like, oh, I really want that, but it's one of those things because I, you know, I, I try to be all right with my money. I'm pretty good at saving and all that, but when it comes to Nintendo stuff, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not too good when it comes to that. Time but, to get reckless. <laughs> yeah, because like uh, that that Splatoon limited edition OLED. I'm like, oh, do I want to spend yeah. five hundred and fifty dollars on it? No, but do I want it? Yes. But I haven't, I haven't bit the bullet on it yet. So hopefully they go out of production soon enough. So I don't. So I don't <laughs> so you buy don't it. have the temptation. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very close. It's just uh, online shopping is no good. But this, uh, this uh, 2DS, it was on. They were getting rid of them on, on uh, Amazon for 150 bucks, which is pretty good for here. That's about 100 bucks off. Good, yeah. Yeah. So I got this that this one and the Pikachu one. So I don't use the Pikachu one, but the the Pokeball one. I love it so much. It's got like, the pressable button on the top and nice so cool yeah no so cool i yeah i'm a sucker for that stuff man limited edition nintendo stuff i'm a sucker for it and i knew with amiibo i knew from minute one the second they announced it i was like well i'm gonna own every single one of those like i just i knew it that i'm a total mark i knew it <laughs> <laughs> it's all right as long as we could uh admit um the people that we are which is great there's nothing wrong with that yeah. that's awesome i wish no. uh you know yeah, looking like back i wish i sort of was a bit more on onto it but um how old was I then? I was like, I was only a couple of years out of high school. You know, I'd, I had some saving to do yet. So. Sure. Oh, I was, yeah, I was way more frivolous with my money back then than I am now. <laughs> Luckily, now that, now that I'm tighter with my money, now, now Amiibo have slowed down, blessedly. Yeah. That's why you are tighter with your money because I was like, oh, yeah. Thank God, you can have it. You can, that. you can breathe. <gasps> oh, thank God. Yeah. Well, the, the, the second that happened, though, the much more expensive gaming habit kicked in and now you know there's too many video games that i want to buy so <laughs> yeah yeah and um there's going to be a pokemon limited edition um switch light or something that's coming out this year too i assume gotta be so gotta be. and i've been i've got the other two so now i'm down i am down that rabbit hole where whenever pokemon like oh look here's a new switch light all right where's the pre-order you're in it now yeah i'm in it yeah you're in it now i can't miss out out on one because um Especially that last one, the uh, like the the Diamond and Pearl themed one from that was the yeah. same theme from the like the DS Lite. Yes, so good. As a kid, I always wanted that. I'm like, that is so cool. I want it so much. And when they announced that it was like the same one, I'm like, all right, all right. I know who I am. Done. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done. So, sometimes though, you know what? And and it's like these little things too, man. Like you, we we don't get pleasures like that that much in this life. You know what I mean? Like we really don't just like yeah, things where yeah. it's like, you know what? Like this is actually really important to me. So like, let me, let me just have this. Like, let me just focus in on this thing. This makes me happy. I love it. I understand it's frivolous. What? Who cares? It makes me happy. And and happiness is a strong enough currency, man. Like oh, let's just yeah. be happy. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I like, I'm always obviously talking about money and being trying to be frivolous and whatever, but 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it makes me so happy just owning like just this probably switch light that I actually never use because I prefer the OLED screen, you know. <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just, it's great to have. And, you know, one day you can be like, yeah, now I don't make them anymore. That's good. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I have that now. Yeah, yeah. just, I like looking at it. I like having it. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. <laughs> So let's uh, let's jump into the news. But before um, we do that, is there anything else you'd like to discuss game-wise before we jump in? Uh, well, I, I I know you haven't had a chance to play Splatoon three Splatfest yet. No, but um, I so so I won't get super deep into it. Uh, only to say that it's really good, and I can't wait for Splatoon three. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait either. <laughs> Bring on Splatoon three. Before we started the um, it was basically live in Australia for forty five minutes. So I've got the right. rest of the day to play it. Um, but oh yeah, we're long- gonna have so much fun. So you you streamed it over on your Twitch channel, all in all yeah. in. Um, so I guess as far as Splatoon goes, uh, do you notice all the small changes, or are you just like, oh cool, Splatoon's back, type of thing? For me, yeah, for me, it's Splatoon's back, and and for me, it's also like I don't understand why. I, I've seen a lot of people being like, oh, it's just Splatoon two point five, and I'm like, I, I mean. How how different do you want your multiplayer centric game to be? Mm. You know what I mean? Because if they had changed a ton of stuff, people would whine about that too. Yeah, you yeah, know, definitely. So, yeah, that's that's something I never I got. Even when the conversation yeah. was around Splatoon two, because like really think about it. Like put yourselves in the, the game designer shoes. But all right, let's change this game. Right. Do they have to change the art style to make it look different? Do they have to do just not do turf war anymore and do a different type of mechanic to? make the game play like i i i don't know what you're exactly after and i can even relate to that with call of duty like call of duty like totally it's a it's an excellent first person shooter and like it's the same all the time but for the people that enjoy that that's great they just sort of implement on it each year and just make it a bit better or a bit worse or whatever uh team's working on it that year but yeah so really what more can you do to it like that's what I'm saying. I, I don't want them to mess with it too much. You know what I mean? Like for me, coming into Splatoon 3, I'm like, cool. I want an easier way to play with my friends because it was so weird and archaic in the old ones. Uh, I want to be able to do Salmon Run like whenever I want. No mm. more of this weird week on, week off junk. And, um, you know, and like little quality of life things like loadouts and stuff like that. And they, they've really checked all those boxes with Splatoon 3. Like all the things that I wanted out of Splatoon 3, I'm getting. So like I'm I'm stoked like I am thrilled. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm the exact same boat. I think all of us were just thinking to ourselves. I hope we can just play with our three uh, friends a little bit easier. I hope we can just it's so good send each other yeah. an invite potentially. You know, just small <sighs> things like that. You it, know, <laughs> it's yeah, and it, like doesn't that sound it, and it's dumb and and like we yeah. we do like we give Nintendo a little bit too much of a pass for sure because it shouldn't have taken them to Splatoon three to figure this out, Mm-mm. but. Uh, you know, it's just those those weird Nintendo things, especially in the Wii U era, you know, so I, I get it. But now that we're here, you know, like and I'm able to get into Splatoon 3, I've got a lobby. I can easily invite my friends. We can, you know, hop into games together. It's none of this. Hey, I'm I'm searching right now. Try to join. And even <laughs> if you do manage to get in before I find other people, they might not even put us on the same team. Like that's all gone now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like that. That was yeah, I was talking to my friend about this today um, as I was streaming and he he had made, I thought, I thought a really astute, uh, astute observation in like Splatoon has always stuff like that has always stymied its potential. Like 
now that we have stuff like this, Splatoon 3 is finally realizing the full potential of Splatoon. It's always been great. The core's always been great. But always these little barriers for no reason. And now they're gone. Yeah. You know? Because yeah, if you're like a multiplayer-centric gamer and you see Splatoon, you're like, oh, that looks great. I'm going to pick up a Switch. Or like going from Call of Duty or Fortnite or whatever to just what Nintendo does with um with their online games, it's just it's 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 honestly not up to par just as far as the rest of the industry goes. So hopefully Splatoon three is the step that we need. Um so but the thing is like you said, you know, it's taken to this long, so you know it's taken a fair while, but it wasn't a sure thing that we we're gonna get it with Splatoon three. And it still isn't. We haven't right. got the full game yet. I think I've learned from strikers, you know, playing the demo. I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, the mechanics are pretty sound. That's fair. <laughs> um, but when we actually get the game, oh, there's actually no more content in the game than there was the demo, apart from clubs. Oh, yeah. Well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Um, like, was I, unfortunate. I was on the show being like, oh, look, the mechanics are pretty good, and you know, the graphics aren't too bad, and all that. But when the actual game came out itself, you know, I, I was lucky enough to get a review copy for the game, but. You know, if you hand over your oh, eighty, nice. your eighty bucks, so it's, it wasn't up to par. So even hard with, to recommend. E- even yeah. with this uh, demo, uh, I'm going to be waiting for the full game to really make sure that my words are accurate to what the actual product is. But sure, yeah. Yeah. Th- there was a while there. I, I'm sure the the audience knows. I, I couldn't help myself, but I was really burnt for a for a month or so after Strikers because. I was so looking forward to that game and it sort of just, um, it hit me in the nuts, honestly. It just came out of nowhere. And thought, oh, I'm the strikers on football friends. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, that was unfortunate. <laughs> that was unfor- I was disappointed by it too, you know, but you live and learn, I guess. Yeah. Like for me, like the, the, the moral of that story is next time a new Mario sports game ro- rolls around, I'm not going to get excited. I'm going to wait and see, mm. you know, because I'm sure it's going to follow the same formula because it works for them. Uh, Mario Strikers, I think, is the fastest selling Mario sports game, they were saying. So mm-hmm. it works. They whatever they're doing, it's it's working for the mass audience. We're you know, we might be disappointed by it, but it's resonating with some people, I guess. So it's like, you know, fool me once, shame on you, you know, and next time I'll be a little bit more cautious. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, next time we're gonna sort of mainly ignore the sports game until it's out and say what we think. Yeah. Wait to hear it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That's where I'm at with it too, man. But Splatoon 3, I'm I'm very, very excited. And it's nice to just like, it's nice to be back. Like, I didn't realize how much I missed Splatoon. It's just, it's nice to be back in this world and playing that game. I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on it once you have a chance to play the Splatfest. Yeah, my thoughts will probably be, oh, I got killed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's certainly been in my experience too, so no worries. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Uh, let's get into the news. We've got some. We've got Sakurai's YouTube channel and a couple of other things to yeah. discuss, which are pretty exciting about. Woohoo! Yeah! Bika, Bika! Is that all? Hi. I fight for my friends. Yahoo! My body is still. So, Seth, uh, I'm sure you're aware, and I actually did listen to you discuss it on your show as well. But Sakurai has a brand new YouTube channel out on on youtube it's got two actually it's got one in english and one in japanese which is which is great because when i first heard this announcement i'm like oh it's gonna be another thing that i've got to get slow translations from and all that but no it's a fully translated um english youtube channel which is fantastic so yeah 
I'm going to pull this article from gamesindustry.biz. And the article reads, Today, Super Smash Bros. series game director Masahiro Sakurai has launched a YouTube channel dedicated to game design. Uh, the, Sak- the Masahiro Sakurai on creating games video series will be available in Japanese and English. Quote, I want to try and help make games around the world a little more fun, he said. Uh, during the announcement video, he explained that his segments on game development will be two to five minutes long. Sakurai also said in the past that he'd been asked to speak about game creation at schools and conferences. However, he noted that these venues have limitations when it comes to the audiences they can reach. Quote, I should be able to reach more people than a lecture, a conference, or a book, uh, Sakurai added. While, um, while he said that his videos will feature older games, he will be able to speak about um, design documents and development builds from the Super Smash Bros. series as well. When further explaining his purpose for creating the YouTube channel, Sakurai said, I think of it as an investment in the games industry. And that's the end of the article there. And um, it's sort of no surprise on this show. I'm a... I'm I'm just a massive Sakurai fan. I think um, his work on Super Smash Brothers and Kirby, it's 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 insane, and he's probably one of the developers from Nintendo. We actually do see more a personality from as well, especially these days when it comes to the you know, the Smash presentations and everything we've seen in the past. Just uh, it, it's amazing that we're going to be getting just almost almost daily content from him. It's um it's so it's, it's incredible and. Before we get into, I guess, the contents of the videos, because he's actually put out a fair few. Um, it's probably like yeah. the the one YouTube channel I've got that has a uh, that I've clicked the bell on. Typically, I don't click the bell because when YouTubers say, "All right, click the bell," I'm like, "I'm not clicking that bell." It's like a reverse psychology. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm often happy yeah. to subscribe and like, but the bell—that's one step too far. But I made sure I clicked the bell for old Sakurai here. So. Um, just from that, man, what do you think of Sakurai having a brand new YouTube channel for us uh, English boys? I love it. I love it. Sakurai entering his YouTuber era. I love it, man. And and they're so good. Like, they're so well done, well produced. It's like, insane, yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so, so, so good. And it's like, and I love, I mean, I'm literally just like, every time I think about it, it makes me kind of emotional, this idea of like, this legendary game designer who has worked on these amazing properties. I mean, between smash brothers, which is like maybe the single super smash brothers ultimate, maybe the single greatest accomplishment in video game history, you know, his magnum opus. Like it's wild that that game exists. I mean, what a miraculous game and like, and and then like coming off of that, he's passing on the knowledge of that and Kirby and his time, like Kid Icarus uprising, which is like, another incredible game and like he's passing on the stuff he's learned to people like us who are just interested in it um game designers like independent designers and stuff who can't afford to go to any sort of class who this information is invaluable to and he's doing it for free like he's not trying to make any money off of it there's no monetization he's like i see this as an investment in the games industry it's beautiful absolutely yeah and like for me as well, obviously not a, a game developer or anything like that, but I think what what really interests me about games when you break it down, you think about it as like you know numbers and code and art assets, and rather than just like the the overall artistic product. What really interests me is like the little design aspects, like this little change will affect this, and this is what actually 
Um, this is what makes a game fun. This is what gives you this feeling. This is, you know, this is all, all the little things that game developers do. And that is what Sakurai is really honing in on, which um, in one of his first videos, he explains like the stop mechanic. And that was like a, a big yes. thing. And like, it, it's something that I, in the back of my head, like I, I know, but I don't know all the terms. and I don't know like everything that's going on because in Smash Ultimate, one of the, the big changes was like, all right, the last smash attack of the game it goes and it just gives you that big impact as like your opponent goes flying off the edge and it can also work that you know your opponent doesn't die they come back but just there's that unsureness once it's also come off and that was a thing in smash ultimate that was like a big sort of um small change but it completely changed the game as well as like the scoreboard like flashing on the screen once uh, your opponent dies on a one-on-one and it makes you think about these little tiny implementations that um, game developers make in their games as they go from game to game. And I don't know. I I I am stoked about this. This is just like such a so cool. such a such a, a nerdy thing, which is you know what you expect from two <laughs> Nintendo podcast hosts <laughs> when, <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. But sure, um, especially when it comes to Nintendo, we don't we don't see all that much, especially now. Like we got Reggie's book. We didn't get much from Reggie when he was at Nintendo. You know, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Awada did the Iwata Ass, which was fantastic. We got sort of a, that was our look into Nintendo for a long time. But with Awada gone and Miyamoto, he's not interested in the spotlight. So we don't see right. him on directs or anything now. It's very much just like their, their marketing, marketing arm talking to us now where it's like, be excited for this. And we listen, we get excited for that. <laughs> but when it comes yeah. to actual like who are the personalities who's making uh, the games we love um just all of these uh these things but sakurai's sort of gone off on his own and when i watched like the introduction video on his um english channel i'm like he has got the production team from but basically make his uh his videos for nintendo but he just he's just yep. paying them out of his own pocket literally um he's running no yep. ads or sponsors or anything like that we're not getting like a uh, I don't know, a Manscaped ad from Sakurai. That would be amazing. <laughs> he, yes. he, he either yes. uses Manscaped every day or he's just a hairless, uh, hairless man on the face. So I, I can't tell. He's but, just um, a vampire, really. That's what's <laughs> going on there. Look, if, um, if, if Man, Manscaped, if you ever go and sponsor Sakurai, just think about us. We're, we're hairy boys here. Yeah. We're hairy yeah, boys. we're hairy boys. Look, <laughs> I, I won't get rid of the beard, but I'll be like, yeah, Manscaped sponsored me and I like trimmed the beard. <laughs> you know, I can't get rid of it. I'll lose my powers if I get rid of it, but I'll trim it for Manscaped. Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, I, I actually don't try to grow a beard. Mine just, um, mine comes from not liking shaving. That's what happens with me. I don't know about you. Oh, I hate shaving too. Yeah, yeah I do too. I can't do it. I, I can't do it. And I, I also, I, I don't, I, I, if I ever needed to like run away from the law, I would just shave my head and my beard. No one would ever recognize me. Not in a million years. <laughs> so that, that would be my go-to. It's, it's a good, you know, uh, escape plan if I ever need it. <laughs> There'll be, um, yeah. If you do like a crime that's bad enough, you know, you, you get caught, you get taken in and um, the person that's got to recognize you amongst all the other thieves and um, people that look similar. They put all fake beards on you. It's like, yeah, it was that one. <laughs> Make sure they it, was him. it was him. It'd be like in, in GTA, like the, the, the wanted, you know, stars immediately get wiped. The second I just like <laughs> shave my head and cut the beard. <laughs> just don't muck up after that. Cause then uh, you can't shave off nothing. So 
Yeah, I can't do that. I can't put it back on. Yeah, but how cool, man! I I, I love this, and mm-hmm. I and I love like um I love the insight. I love it for like people like like us. But I think it's legitimately going to improve the games industry to have knowledge like this. Um, like you sort of alluded to, I completely agree. I think that a lot of this stuff within Nintendo uh, left with Awada, unfortunately. Um, I think Awada was a real like, you know. He, he was that that game developer first, you know, and he like he really had a sense for the talent at the company. He really deeply cared about the people that worked at Nintendo. And that was so obvious in everything he did. And he took that time with like he didn't have to do a lot of ask. I mean, you're talking about the president of a multimillion dollar company. Yeah, he's busy. Enough. You know, <laughs> he's busy enough. And he's and he's he took the time out to do like a pet project like. That's ins- and I'm sure Iwata asked you know folks like you and I were reading it and watching it, but like I'm sure it didn't have like mass appeal. He's not getting millions of hits on Iwata asks, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he did it because he wanted to highlight these these people that that he he truly cared about and wanted to get their insights and kind of like you know like like people don't get to see this side of games. People don't get to know the people that make games. Um, I, I mentioned Davide Soliani earlier. Like the, the people that make these games have things to say and like they they love this stuff. You don't do it if you don't love it, you know? And there is something about like, you know, getting to get, know the artist behind the painting and being like, here, here's my paints. Like, this is what I used, you know? And this is, this was my thought process when I was doing it. And this is why I did this thing versus that thing. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's awesome. I, I love, I love that he's doing this and um, I I'm there for every video. Like he, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I never hit the bell. <laughs> That's the, one of the only ones I've ever hit the bell on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, you, you alluded to it before, but like for actual game developers who are in the midst of making their game, whether it's by themselves or a small team, like just videos like this, where it just sparks a little idea, but like, oh, that'll work great for my game. And they can implement it yeah. in. And that is, that is invaluable. Like imagine being able to, like implement stuff from you know one of the the greatest in the world like it'd be insane brilliant it's brilliant yeah i mean to be able to to have that resource available completely for free he's even like you know he's like i'm gonna keep these videos short so that even if they do try to put ads on them they can't it's like it's stuff like that i'm like this is the most (laughs) this is the most like you know forward thinking idea that he could have done and i think it's a really beautiful way to like you know, carry because where do you go from here, really? After Smash Ultimate, and like you know, he's he's already sort of hinting he's working on other stuff, and he's not retiring whatsoever. But like Smash Ultimate has got to be his magnum opus. Like you can't get bigger than Smash Ultimate. You know, no. where do you go from here? Mm. So, um, so it's really I think this is a really kind of beautiful come down. Like as as he's got to be thinking about the end of his career. The man's like in his I think mid fifties at this point. Like. He, he's got to be thinking about retirement at some point. He's got to be kind of in the wind down phase. And I think this is a really beautiful way to spend those years. You know, I love it. I love it. Yeah. No, I hope we get this uh, content for a lot longer because it was, um, he, he did sort of allude to his, uh, his next step um, the day before he announced the YouTube channel being like, this is the last yeah. um, smash brother picture I'll be posting. He's been, da- been doing daily uploads for years and years, um, you know, since before the, the launch of smash ultimate and, a little bit sad it's like at the end of an era but next day i was like oh you're doing you're doing full videos all right no, that's 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 better cool i'll <laughs> that's, take that yeah we'll yeah, take that i can that's live awesome. with that 
<laughs> yeah, so absolutely stoked. I think, um, look, anyone that's listening to this, you're nerdy enough to get enjoyment out of a bit of a lecture from Sakurai. Sure, for sure. Surely. For sure. It's <laughs> worth it. <laughs> um, something that said not as uh, nowhere near as exciting it might be a little bit of a concern especially if you're into um, maybe doing some illegal stuff with your Switch uh, uh, <laughs> Nuvo is selling a new product called the Nintendo Switch Emulator Protection and I'm reading this from my Nintendo News Denuvo and their products are not popular on PC for multiple reasons for example they don't actually stop piracy entirely like they say it does and the games that Denovo um, DRM it, uh, in it usually see issues with the game's technical performance. Unfortunately, it seems like the company is looking to expand their efforts to consoles. Uh, their first target is the Nintendo Switch. The company has announced that the Nintendo Switch emulator protection product, which they claim will prevent Switch games from being pirated on PC. Denovo has since confirmed that Nintendo is not involved with this, and that the DRM won't have online checks. The inclusion of online checks is another issue that has drawn some criticism of Denovo. Um, uh, Denuvo. I'm assuming I'm saying that right. I've got no idea. Uh, products on <laughs> <Sure>. PC. Uh, <laughs> the product seems to um, be mainly for third-party publishers to use and not used for Nintendo's first-party games. Nevertheless, if you don't like Denuvo <laughs> uh, work before, you <laughs> unlikely won't like it this time. Um, and this is just something I, I thought was a little bit interesting because um, at Gamescom they, they brought up that um, this will be coming to Nintendo Switch in some capacity. And on PC, it's just a bloody mess. I know that it completely right. ruins some games just performance-wise on PC. Um, I think it was um, near Automata, actually. Bryce couldn't play it. I'm not sure if it used this exact um, protection. But there, oh, wow. are, there are some games where it just completely ruins it. Like if you're running a, a brand new graphics card or whatever, it just it um it, it just makes a mess of the game. So a little bit concerning this is coming to Switch, but it seems to be from demand from third-party publishers because um, I've only been looking into this recently. I haven't been a part of the scene. And um, as far as brand new games go, or any games for that matter, I disagree a lot with emulating a brand new title. <laughs> on a, a, right, cu- right. a current system that's accessible um, in stores or eShop or whatever. Um, but Switch games are super easy to emulate on PC, including the Steam Deck. Flawless, <laughs> flawless emulation for Switch games. So I think a lot of developers are actually pretty scared. So this could be a good thing. If this is implemented in a way that um, doesn't take um, profits away from third parties, because we all know that... Third parties on Switch is extremely important. We've lived in in multiple eras of Nintendo that did not have third-party support. Mm-hmm. So um, this could be a good thing, but if it gets in the way of like playing your games offline or performance, because Switch only has so much performance anyway. So maybe something to be concerned about, but also maybe not. But um, there's been um, there's a Switch. Uh, emulator company or group or whatever. Don't exa- know exactly what they're called. Uh, Ryjinx, Rye, I think it's pronounced. But they put out a tweet saying, regarding uh, Genovo's announcement, we will, we will continue development in an emulation platform for Switch, game preservation and enhancement, upon which customers may enjoy their games both now and beyond the life cycle of their console itself. So it seems like these uh, developers are already on top of um, Genovo's uh, 
announcement, which is, you know, fair enough. These guys are very quick reacting, but I don't yeah. know if you've um, sort of looked much into the piracy scene on Nintendo Switch. I think a, a lot of people have the argument that, you know, they, they buy the game because a lot of people probably still do actually buy the title, but they want to play it in full HD or um, twice the amount of frame rate or whatever. And there is a little bit of merit to that, but at the same time, you've got to sort of twist your mindset a fair bit to <laughs> to yeah. justify it legally. Like, fair, fair enough morally, but legally it's just, um, it's not really on the cards. But what what's your sort of uh, take on this? I don't know if you've looked into the, yeah, the, the emulator scene that much. A little. Um, it's very, very rare. I've, I've only, like, truly emulated a couple of games ever in my life. And it has been for me, if I have a way to legally play it the way that it was intended and I have a way to where it's like easily accessible and you just have to buy it, like I'm going to do that. But if it's something like, for for example, Mother 3, where I have very little confidence in that ever coming over here. Mm. And even if I had a way to buy it legally and everything, it's not as if the developers are getting any of that money then, you know, I have no issue with that. And and I like emulation for the sake of preservation. Um, but I think, I think there's, there's probably people who are like, okay, yeah, like I bought the game and I feel comfortable emulating it, having it in this, you know, full HD, whatever. It's, it, it it's all about your personal morality and, and the way that you like kind of view that for, for me, I would be, I guess, okay with that line of thinking, but I'm also thinking about it from the perspective of, you know, I, I kind of like games that have to work within limitation. Like I kind of like um, the idea of a game that has to make the most out of what it has. Like I don't really need to play a game. It's like people now when you throw up like a, a Nintendo 64 game, for example, and you put it up on a big, nice HD flat screen, it doesn't look as good as it used to on a CRT, you know, because those games were designed to be played that way. They were designed around limitation. And so I don't really have an interest in playing, you know, this game or that game totally off the rails with like all the limitations removed. I personally, that's just how I am with it. For me, emulation is all about playing things that are either unavailable in any other capacity. And I can't support the developers, even if I wanted to, um, or like emulation for the sake of preservation. Um, but otherwise I don't really mess with it personally. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And um, I, I'm more than happy to emulate like Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's not readily accessible, right? Yeah, in GameCube. Um, but, yeah. But for, for the rest, generally, you can you can pick it up on like the Wii U eShop or Switch eShop or Switch Online. For now. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, I, I really hope like Nintendo does implement sort of more ways to play GameCube games, Game Boy Advance games, maybe even Wii games on on Switch somehow. Whether it is through re-releases or Switch Online, um, I would like to see it. But as as far as um what's going on at Sw- Switch at the moment, as far as like the piracy going, it's um it's something to be pretty concerned about, honestly. As far as uh, people just downloading games and having for free, uh, there's even you know on on the eShop if you've got um a hacked Switch you can get access to the eShop and just download whatever you want without even going on, on your computer. Like it's um, it's pretty insane. And that was on the 3DS as well. But, you know, the 3DS was pretty much in the wind by the time um, that happened for Switch. But it's been around on, on, on the Switch for 
for a while. So a little bit concerning, but maybe the new DRM will be good or bad. We, we will see when it's implemented, but a little, little bit worried. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. I, I wonder how like widespread that is. I, I wonder how like like how many people are really doing that, you know? Like I wonder how many people are really going that extra mile and doing all of that. Um, like, cause I, I knew people from the outside looking in also like the PSP was a great example of this, right? Where people would buy the PSP and it was so easy to hack and just load up with every super Nintendo game ever. You know, like I had, uh, I, I used to work at GameStop years ago and I had a friend who just like, that was his console of choice. But I mean, the argument could also be made. They sold PSPs that way, you know? Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's ins and outs to it. And, and I also wonder too, like, you know, out of the, say, 50 million copies that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has now sold on the Nintendo Switch, like, how, like, what percentage of that is people that emulated it on their Steam Deck or whatever? You know, even if it's like, even if 10,000 people did it, even if 10,000 people did it, it really is kind of a drop in the bucket. And I, I wonder how much it hurts. I, like, even though I don't support it, I wonder how much it actually affects the bottom line, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I guess we'll find out, but I think um, like Nintendo's family audience, they're lucky in that respect because I don't yeah. know, if, if you're a parent, you're like, you're not going to go and do all that. Back in the DS day, I, I know a lot of my, I know a lot of people that had a DS and an R4 and an R4 was a DS cartridge just with a micro SD card and you can, right. you can just yeah. load it with DS ROMs. Now, I knew a few people like that, but when it comes to maybe emulation on the Switch, there's a little bit more to it. So whether a parent's going to sit down and hack it instead of just going to just a department store and buying Mario Kart and Smash and calling it a night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel like ninety percent of the Switch audience, if not more than ninety percent of the Switch audience, isn't really messing with it. No. Nah. So yeah, and, and to do it, you're gonna have to buy a Switch anyway. Which is which is like the main thing they care about. Mm. You know, they're they're you know, they're they're getting your sale one way or another, right? <laughs> yeah, unless you just build the switch from the ground up, then hack it. Then then they got a problem. <laughs> you know what? You know what? If you're gonna build the switch from the ground up, I think you've earned it at that point. Good pop off, King. <laughs> you yeah, know? the tenor's like, I'll tell you what, we might hire that bloke. He's pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not mad anymore. I'm just impressed. <laughs> uh this is just a little short story, but I thought it might be interesting for the fashionistas here in Australia, but Nintendo has collaborated with Clark's Boots for some some Pokemon Pokemon shoes, which look pretty cool. So this is from Vooks, and uh, they say, uh, we've had Vans, we've had Converse, and now Clark's has some crossover shoes, boots with Pokemon. They were announced a little while ago, but are now up for pre-order in Australia. Both the black and yellow boots will set you back $270 Australian will be available the 30th of September. So they look pretty cool. Um, my mouse pad has died, so it's a little bit harder to send you a link. I'll send you a link. See, see what you think of them. See if you would okay. If you would uh, jump into them there, Seth. But they look pretty cool. They're, um, I'm not, like, I like them, but I'm not sure if I would spend almost $300. I don't know if I'll spend almost $300 on any shoes, to be honest. I'm not a big shoe guy. I, you know, I mean, they, they look pretty nice. They look kind of, they look cozy. They almost moccasin yeah. vibes going on here. Yeah. So they got like, I po- like them. They got like Pokeball, a Pokeball on the heel, etched in Pikachu. So they're not like, they're not garish. They're like, oh, look, 
there's a there's a little druid right. coming in his Pokemon shoes. They look actually pretty fancy <laughs> with this with his light up Pokemon shoes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of into it. I you know it, it wouldn't be for me, but but I could see how people would be into this. It's it's pretty legit. Because mm. uh, what, what type of like sh- it. what type of shoes do you um do you do you rock when you're going for a nice meal out or something? I, you know, I um, <laughs> I'm I'm just so basic when it comes to to shoes and really just fashion in general. I I, I spend like if I need to dress up, you know, I've got a blazer, I've got a nice shirt, you know what I mean. Um, I, I've got my my nice pants or whatever. Um, I you know I've got like the the odd vest or whatever. I've got um, you know, a nice dress shoe. Uh, but it's nothing crazy. Like I don't, you know, I don't really dress up often. 99% of the time I'm, you know, t-shirt and I'm good to go. Usually not even with designs, just, a, just like this, just a normal black shirt. And I'm like, I'm happy with that. Mm. You know, I don't really think about fashion all that much. So I'm definitely not the the expert. Um, <laughs> when you say just a t-shirt, so. I just imagine Winnie the Pooh, like literally just a t-shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah let me not do that. that that would probably get me in trouble just literally just a t-shirt ah, just you know a t-shirt and some you know right now it's hot so I'm, you know basketball shorts or something like that and you know i i don't get i, I don't know i don't get t- super bogged down in fashion nor do i really pay attention unless somebody is like really well dressed i don't really think about other people's clothes that much like i just don't really I don't know. I'm just not that guy. Like every now and then I'm like, Oh wow. Like they're, you know, they're, they're looking nice. They're looking sharp or whatever, but I'm not nine times out of 10. I'm more like uh, connected to the person and like their personality versus the way they look or the way they dress. So I don't, um, I don't really think about it, I guess. I don't know. I'm not the expert. So if (laughs) if you see someone in these clocks, you're not going to be blown away as long as they're a nice person. That's all you need. I probably wouldn't really even notice to be honest. Like I, I, I can't, recall the last time i took notice of somebody's shoes (laughs) but hey i think they're cool though like i think i think they're cool if i were somebody who was into shoes i'd be all over that (laughs) (laughs) moving on we got uh nintendo confirming that they won't be putting up the price of the switch at least just yet so this is also from vooks.net earlier this week an unprecedented move sony and uh, increased the price of the playstation 5 in several regions around the world including australia and has got everyone a bit spooked with the pressures of the global economy eyes have turned to other companies including nintendo to see what their move will be nintendo has already uh, addressed this in june with the company of uh, with the company president uh, shinturu farakawa addressing this at the annual general meeting However, that was almost three months ago. So has anything changed? No, according to Nintendo, who via a statement to Eurogamer used Farakawa's comments from June again. And those are very, just uh, very bland comments, but at least we we got it there. (laughs) He's quoted for saying, as our president, Mr. Farakawa, stated uh, uh, at the uh, 82nd annual general meeting of shareholders in June. While we cannot comment on pricing strategies, we currently do not have any plans to change the price of our hardware due to inflation or increased procurement costs in each country. We will determine our future pricing strategies through careful and continued deliberations. End quote. So look at that. We're not going to be paying any more for Switch. I'd imagine the margins for Switch are already pretty good. They never have had a price drop since launch. And the OLED no. has already gone up in price, so I think they're going okay. If they put up the price, that might be a little bit cheeky on Nintendo's behalf, but 
it's uh, not out the realm of possibility. We've seen the PlayStation Five go up, go up in price. The Oculus Quest go up in price by a hundred bucks in the states, which is massive. So that's even a bigger increase here in the rest of the world. But I don't know. I think it's um, it, it's a shame that you know it, it sucks that the PlayStation's gone up in price, um, but everything else is going up in price as well, including you know fuel and right. everything needed to produce the console and to get it to you know get it to your doorstep as well. So. It makes sense. It, it sucks, but at the same time, you don't really want to see PlayStation, um, you know, stop making games or make worse games because they've right. got less budget. You know, just stuff like that. Um, not not that I think Sony's hurting overall, but I think it's just a, a necessary thing, unfortunately. But it's good that we won't see it on the Nintendo side anytime soon. I think um, for the most part, we've all got Switches. <laughs> We're probably listening to this, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, unless you're just like, oh, well, I might get a Switch. Let's let's listen to a Nintendo podcast. But for the most part, we've already got one. But what do you think about this and just like, I guess, the the state of tech companies putting up prices? Because it's kind of, it's a little bit unprecedented. I know that the PlayStation 4 went up in price in Canada uh, around not long after launch. But um, I don't think I've ever seen it here in Australia. That's for sure. Yeah, we well we and we live in an unprecedented time, right? I mean the the way the world yeah. is right now is, I mean it's never been been like this since since I've been alive, you know. And it's um, it's definitely uh, a tough time economically, as you touched on. Like every, everything is going up, um, and I think another thing to to keep in mind, well, two things really. First of all, for Akawa, if they were planning on increasing the price of the Switch, he wasn't going to announce it like that. He was like, oh, you know what? Since, like, since we're here talking about it, I guess I should go ahead and say, yes, we're going to go ahead and raise the price. So, you know, <laughs> yep. if it is, if it is going to happen, he wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't have said it there. Um, it would have been a separate communication or whatever. I don't think they will. I think you're right. I think they've already kept the, um, the margins down for their products. I think Nintendo's always been pretty good about that. Um, that's the thing. People can whine about Nintendo's um, power and their hardware capabilities all they want. But they're also always the cheapest console on market, and that's why. Um, so because they're using outdated hardware, they're able to get a hold of things um, that other consoles can't. They're not worrying about putting in all this stuff that is scarce and hard to come by, even though Nintendo is bumping up against supply chain issues too. But no, I, I don't expect the price increase. Um, another thing I think to keep in mind is that gaming is a luxury, ultimately. You know, um, it's... It's an expensive hobby, uh, I think, pretty objectively by most people's measure of it. And um, it is a luxury. And it's unfortunate that Sony felt like they had to do this. It might not be considered the most consumer-friendly move or whatever. But I also think that the people that make decisions like that know how the audience is going to react to it. And I don't think they make those decisions lightly. I don't think they, you know choose a price increase they, they know that people aren't going to be happy to pay more money for their system you know <laughs> yeah so like they're they're i think aware of that and i think that those those decisions are probably made in a more measured way than people give them credit for um you know far be it for me to like be the, the company man or whatever but i i do think that there's a little bit more nuance to it than just like ah oh, greedy sony trying to get more money out of people in an economic crisis you know they they probably feel like they kind of had to, you know, hmm. but it's what it is. I feel, I feel bad for the people who, you know, were like wanting to get one, haven't been able to find one. And now if they do find one, it's going to be more expensive than it was. Hmm. Yeah. So, it's it's, it's pretty tough. Yeah. 
And uh, I think it was Sam Hay in our Discord. He was saying, like, oh, it's, 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 you know, quite strange. But, you know, it, it's, it's a reminder because I think we've all sort of settled into this new reality. We're sort of, sort of just used to it all being sort of turned on its head. But every now and again, yeah. it's like, oh, the PlayStation's going up in price two years later. That is weird. Oh, yeah, everything is a bit whacked. It still hasn't yeah. returned and everything else is more expensive. And it's sort of, um, it makes sense, unfortunately. And Sony also knows they're going to be able to sell PlayStation 5s. The demand for that is um, beyond comprehension. <laughs> it's just insane. Totally, totally. So, well, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? When I realized that everything was bad in terms of like prices going up and things like that, was and this will be the most American thing I probably say on this podcast tonight. <laughs> but when when uh my my wife and I had McDonald's the other day, and as far <laughs> back as I can remember, shout out to Sean Capri by the way from McDonald's. Our our buddy Sean Capri loves his McDonald's. Sponsor the man. But when <laughs> spo- that is so wild. What a what an egregious the lack of McDonald's Canada sponsorship. They need to be called out for that. Sponsor that man. I cannot have McDonald's without thinking of Sean Capri. Um, but we go to McDonald's the other day and for as long as I've been alive, the, the sodas that you can get a large soda from McDonald's for a dollar. It's always been that way. And even McDonald's has had to raise their price. Now the large soda is a dollar 59. And I'm like, truly the economy is bad. If McDonald's is having to raise their price, this multi-billion dollar corporation is having to jack up the price of their sodas by 60%. Things are in a bad way. <laughs> you know that's so. uh that's uh that's the line too far it's just they've crossed the line there haven't they that's uh it's not good that's enough. it especially couldn't they just couldn't they just do a nice little roundup roundup for you just make it a dollar 60 don't say 50 i hate it oh <laughs> don't even start on that the marketing the, the marketing side of it a dollar 59 looks so much better than a dollar 60 yeah well at least you got all your amiibo now anyway that's um that's it. <laughs> not That's it. My, my fifteen ninety nine amiibo, not my sixteen dollar amiibo. <laughs> yeah. Um. Next up, we got some information from Koei Tecmo. They're going to be at uh, Tokyo Game Show, and I brought this up because they've got a they've got a couple of games, and th- this is just selfishly for me. I don't even know if the audience is going to care about it that much, but they're going to be showing off their <laughs> next going to be showing off the next Atelier game for, um for next year. And uh, I know you like your JRPGs and stuff. I don't know if you're do you like the Atelier series from Koei Tecmo at all? Have you ever played it? Never played one. Never played one. Yeah, that's a big blank, uh, blank spot for me. Yeah, um, for me, it's just one, just a series I got into more recently. And um, earlier this year, Atelier Sophie 2 came out on, on Switch and PlayStation PC. And I've, that's a game I've got to go back to. I think it's going to be my next game, actually, I'm going to dive into. But um, I really enjoyed it. And the series has just had like a, a great step up since, you know, 2015 or so. It was pretty pretty ordinary type of thing but i think like the budget and the writing and everything has gotten a lot better it's a lot less cringe because uh, it, it's very much <laughs> like a you know you, you run an atelier you're you're crafting you're doing all this stuff to go into battles and um it's very weeby which i you know sure. i quite, I quite sure. enjoy my my weeby titles you know all, all totally. of the protagonists in the series have been female and there are some instances where it's like oh that woman is showing too much boob and as a dude, do I mind that? No, but would I play it in front of my parents? Also, no. So, you know, <laughs> right. th- there is a fine line there, but it w- w- but it walks. But um, 
I'm just interested to see what the next title is going to be, whether it's going to be a, another a sequel or not. But um, as far as, uh, I guess, Tokyo Game Show, that's coming up in September. Do you have any sort of series you're hoping for a, a sequel or anything like that? Or I know for like Gamescom, we're talking about that, where it's just like it, it happens, it goes, cool. Like nothing, um, nothing yeah. like phenomenal happens, but it could be a similar thing like that for you. But for me, like the Japanese games are always a lot more interesting to me. And there's been a few times at Tokyo Game Show where I sort of, this is a very niche game, but I lose my shit about because I'm like, oh, it's, it's actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, for me, it's always like um, th- there'll be some like every now and then I'll just get this wild hair to play some, you know, Japanese rhythm game or something like that. Or uh, a really good example of, of a Japanese game recently we just got localized was the Crayon Shin-chan game that just got localized. And that was Japanese exclusive for, I think, over a year. And um, very, very happy to finally have that here in the States and, and everywhere else. So I, I couldn't really couldn't really put my finger on like a series that I hope gets a sequel announced at TGS. But I, I always like going into TGS and like coming away with something that I wasn't aware of before or wasn't expecting before. And I come away with something to be excited about. Usually Square Enix is there with like something like maybe we'll get a new like kingdom hearts trailer or something i'm a big kingdom hearts guy i'm i'm in for the long haul in kingdom hearts i'm you know just just take me where you're gonna take me <laughs> too at deep this now. point <laughs> yeah i'm in too deep now i just gotta you know i gotta keep up with it i've been there from the beginning through every convoluted path cool buckle up you know what i mean so uh, maybe we'll see something like that i don't know but i yeah i usually come in with like basically no expectations and i come away with something you know it's a good place to be. That's where I've been the last few years too. Like there's been so many game shows just sort of mixed together. And I don't know with everything that's going on, we'll talk about Gamescom um, pretty soon, but yeah, I've sort of just lost interest now a little bit as far as um, these showcases. I'll, I look up um, like a Polygon article or something like that and be like, oh, well, that looks interesting. Click on the trailer and sort of move on. But it's only move Nintendo on. directs where I'll be there like live or even like an Xbox showcase, I think they still do a good job too. But like, and, and PlayStation, it's just not the main the main console manufacturers. I think I'll I'll pay attention to. But yeah, no, fair enough. I'm I'm keen to see what happens though. I'm keen to see what this Atelier game is and other stuff from Koei Tecmo and other publishers. I think Square Enix have a lot of their stuff sort of laid out for the rest of the year. They've got a, a big year coming yeah. up. Um, it's actually something I'd, I've been meaning to look up. Actually, there was a that Nintendo Treehouse. Um, a yeah. live stream of Splatoon and um, Harvestella from Square Enix as well. I was like, oh, Harvestella's there as well. Very keen to check that out, but I never did. I don't know if you went and um, watched that at all. Or Yeah, yeah, it, it looks cool. I, I, you know, Harvestella's coming out at just the worst time. It is, yeah. For me, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just can't, you know, I already know I'm not going to play it at launch. I've resigned mm-hmm. myself to that. It's coming out, I think, like the week before Pokemon. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> Um, but I do want to play it because it, it looks cool and I think it's a neat idea. I like the idea of like, you know, a lot of the sort of life sim farming sim games are in the indie space. And I like the idea of like Square making one. Oh, yeah. Man. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and like having this sort of almost like, you know, Final Fantasy meets Stardew Valley vibe. I'm into it. Yeah. And just like <laughs> the crafting in it, too. I'm like, oh, that kind of, it kind of reminds me of of it, of the Atelier series. Like you're going out, you're getting your equipment, like you're everything you need to come back and 
um, make your potions, make your weapons and all that. I quite like that loop. So, yeah, it's definitely one on yeah. my, my radar. So, like, do I fit it in p- between Persona and Pokemon, Nier? <sighs> yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> God of War. <laughs> on, oh, my on, gosh, like, yeah. Sonic. There's a fair bit. There's a lot. Yeah. There's too much, man. I, I have never been so overwhelmed with games in my life, I don't think. Mm. Genuinely. <laughs> and it's hard, too, because that's like a super busy time of year when I don't have... um all that much energy at night time or in the evenings to, to be yeah. playing stuff. So I might not play anything imagine. yet. I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 yeah. Cause I'm like that time of year, I'm, I'm a sheep shearer. So when I get home, yeah. it's very much like sh- shower, go to bed. But now this year I've Worn got out by the end of the day. Yeah. And I've also yeah. got to, you know, juggle, juggle my son as well. So I'm really actually not oh, looking yeah. forward to it. I'm actually quite worried about how I'm going to handle it, but <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Next episode, <laughs> Dragon Balls. Uh, that was great too. Did you get, have you watched that movie? Um, Super I Heroes? haven't yet. You know, you know what? It's it's funny. Um, I, I I respect Dragon Ball quite a bit. I'm not a big Dragon Ball fan. Um, I I respect it and I and I like it, but I'm not like all my friends growing up were obsessed with it, and mm. um, I I just never really got on the train for Dragon Ball. But I do want to watch the new one. It looks fun. And I like the animation. I was never on on the uh, sort of the train for Dragon Ball Z either. Like very yeah. much like you respected it, but never. I never had access to it actually. I never never watched mm. it. But what I have watched, I'm like, this is pretty cool. So just for something to do, I said to Bryce, "Hey, look, I'll take you to the movies for your birthday, and uh, we're going to watch Dragon Ball." And I had no context. Bryce is a big Dragon Ball Z fan, so he's he got a fair bit out of it. And but I enjoyed it just for what it was. It was just like a. It was almost like a a Marvel movie, really. Just go and watch it. They versed the bad guy at the end. It was, it was good. The characters were great. Yeah. That's all I needed. I That's, ate um, I ate a jumbo hey. popcorn and felt very sick the next day. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm right there with you, man. I can't, I can't go off the handle the way I used to. When I was like a, when oh, I yeah. was young, jumbo popcorn, junior mints, large root beer, or something. I can't <laughs> do that anymore. I'll be yeah. in bed the next day. That's just, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I am just reaching that point now because last time I went, I. I was very proud of this story. I took um I took my then girlfriend out for for a, like a nice steak meal. I got a kilo of steak. I had a entree, a pudding for dessert. Took it to the movies afterwards. Had a jumbo popcorn, large coke, and I smashed it. Didn't feel sick at all. And last time I went to the cinema, I got a jumbo popcorn, large coke, and a and a, a packet of Maltesers. I just love that that rotation of chocolatey and salty and it's just it's fantastic sure but i felt a bit sick afterwards i'm like oh no what's going on here drew yeah you, your belly your belly's <laughs> not what it used to and last week going to watch dragon ball z just had a large popcorn didn't finish large popcorn i was i was fighting for my life the next day i tell you that it was it wasn't good <laughs> so you know 20 28 i'm like all right it's downhill from here it's not even i thought i at least had two years like when I'm 30, you're like, come on, give me, give me two more yeah. years of being able to abuse my body. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once, definitely. Once you get, get over that hill of thirties, it definitely, it, it definitely kind of is all downhill from there. That, that was really, you know, I can't handle spicy food the way I used to, um, you know, dairy isn't as kind to me as it used to be. Mm. I, I can't just, you know, crush a jumbo popcorn anymore. It just, it doesn't work out. <laughs> It just doesn't work out. Yeah. Oh well. Maybe it's uh maybe it's the wake up call I need. 
But um, <laughs> will I listen to it? I don't think I will. I think no, I'll. We can't. I think I'll ignore it until it's too late. The popcorn is popcorn still going to taste good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um. All right, so this is the last story, and this is just a, a bit of a culture, I guess, from Nintendo community, but um, this is from My Nintendo Life, and the, the title is Nintendo Confirms that Splatoon's, uh, Splatoon 3's uh, Shiver Identifies as Female. And this mm. was a, a sort of speculation, uh, I guess, when the Splatoon Direct came out, and this character was confirmed. There's a lot of speculation that it might be a non-binary character. Nintendo has since came out and confirmed... Um, that the character is indeed female. But I know you've had some video essays on your channel about non-binary characters potentially in uh, in the Pokemon series with uh, Pokemon Violet yeah. and Scarlet. And um, I just thought I'd just like to get your sort of your take on, um, I guess, this, uh, this story and what the community was uh, sort of talking about when it comes to, when it comes to non-binary characters in Splatoon. Because I think... For the most part, the the series has been based upon like, do you choose do you choose the boy inkling or the girl inkling? And then a lot of the other mm-hmm. characters, they're just, you know, they're just, you know, they're just strange. It's kind of like Star Wars, where you don't really think about sure. what race they are or what gender, because they're just just like um, elephant people, or you know, it's like it's, <laughs> right, it's, it's right. kind of it's kind of beyond that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd just like to get your take on what you think of this. Yeah, I think that, um, so yeah, what, what you were, you're alluding to earlier, I made this video, this video essay about basically the possibility of like inclusivity in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet kind of throwing out there like, Hey, using these characters that were revealed Grusha and Penny as a way to illustrate, you know, queer coding and kind of explain what that concept is, um, educate people on what that concept is, um, kind of be like, Hey, this is why I think this character could potentially signal, trans inclusivity non-binary inclusivity or whatever um i've been making content on the internet for like 15 plus years and making that video is the first time i've ever dealt with like actual harassment on the internet really um it was really really bad um i i wound up having to disable comments on the video i had people that like i had one person who went through and disliked all of my other videos Oh, um because because it used to be i could see it was a hundred percent like ratio but now it's like 99 percent or something <laughs> so somebody was so angry at me for daring to say that maybe pokemon can mean something maybe possibly to a trans person to make them feel included um you know that that got me raked through the coals and even now people will still go to other videos and comment in reference to that video uh it's wild it's wild and hmm. um it's still the the people were mostly positive on the video, but I, I just it was one of those like sobering realizations of like um, just like how I, I thought that the culture, I thought that the Nintendo community, the gaming community was more progressive than it is. Like I thought I thought we were beyond that, you know, like I thought we were ready to have conversations like this. I thought we were ready to be more inclusive than evidently we are. Um, and that was really sobering and really heartbreaking. Actually, I, that was a very bad week for my mental health. Um, cause I, I was making something that I wanted to be important to not only trans people in my personal life, but I wanted it to kind of be this thing, this like, Hey mate, like maybe there's a way, maybe there's hope for, even if Nintendo never says it, I, I do not expect these characters to be canonically trans. 
But if there is a single trans person out there that can look at these characters or these moments in the game or whatever and be like, hey, I feel seen. Like, hey, I feel represented in this world for the first time ever. Then isn't that worth it? Like, even if we never have to come out and explicitly say it, isn't it worth it to have that ambiguity, to have that possibility? That was all I was trying to say with that video. And likewise, for example, I think the website that really got raked through the coals for the Shiver thing was like Nintendo Life, Game Explain. They were saying like, hey, like maybe Shiver is non-binary because Nintendo has never explicitly used any gendered terms when referring to her. And similarly, they got raked through the coals because you get accused of being go woke, go broke. You get accused of being like um, exclusionary to people who fall outside of that. But um, for, for me, I'm like, just leave the possibility in the air because it, yeah, it doesn't matter to like a cis straight white guy like me. Like it doesn't affect me one way or the other, but it matters deeply to people who do look for this stuff, who have never felt represented or seen in these games before to be able to latch on to a character like Shiver, even if she isn't non-binary. Like if that can mean something to even one non-binary person who like for once feels included in the video game they're playing, isn't, is that not worth it? Like, why do we have to take that away? You know, that that's what bummed me out about the whole thing. Yeah, no, I'm really sad to hear that that people jumped onto jumped onto you for that it video. Was that's awful. That's sad, man. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like yeah. F- for me, gaming is just all about like you know you're playing Super Smash Bros. You got a controller left. Hey, man! Like you look around, you see someone's watching. Hey, man! Jump on! Like it's it's all about just including one another. And when it when it yeah. when it when it comes to like this this um this type of stuff. It's hard for me to talk because I, I actually don't have anyone in my life that is open, openly trans or anything like that. So I, I try to relate as, as well as I can. And I know if, if somebody comes up to me and says like, if someone calls me a her or a she, I'm like, oh, you know, that's not me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a he, him, like for example. And, right, right. And some people might say, well, it doesn't matter. So it does matter to them. So you always got to try and um, do, do the do the best you can and, I know through games I like playing as female characters, like in Pokemon. I like playing as female in male games in other games. Like I sort of just jump between whatever I want to do, and even even as a even someone in my shoes, having a, a character that's non-binary, that sounds like a, a fun sort of character to play as or have in the game, regardless of if you're getting into social politics or anything like that. I think it's just um interesting, but. Um, you know, N- N- Nintendo's sort of, um, you know, has made it so it, she um, she is a female character, and that's fine too. But just having that conversation, yeah. there's no there's no harm in br- bringing it up and sort of putting the the spotlight on a a portion of the community that um, that would like to have that conversation and would like to be understood a bit more. Because at the end of the day, like. Like we all come together because we love games. People listening to the show, you and ISF are talking because you know we we love um, Nintendo and obviously podcasting and all that. And I think it's a it's a beautiful thing. So when um when someone like yourself or Nintendo Life or these even these bigger sites get shut down because they're just bringing bringing it up, I think it's um it's it's just not on. Like it's it's sad. But I thought I thought I'd just bring this up because. Um, it, it was a topic over the, the last week or so, and I think it was a, a conversation, you know, worth having. And um, like you did with Pokemon as well, like in Pokemon Sword and Shield, there was a, a character, 
I forgot how you pronounce the name. Was it Bade or Bede or Bay Bay Bay? Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's conversation. Or, yeah. yeah. There's conversation around that too, and they ultimately become like the fairy type gym leader, and they do like right. a big transformation in their personality and character and the type that they use, and also like the the clothes and stuff they wore. You, you know, you could you could um, sort of go either way on that. And that, that could have been an interesting place as well, but there's also the conversation where, you know, Pokemon, the story is never in that, that in depth anyway. So are they going to push those, um, I guess, types of, uh, types of themes as well? It's a little bit unsure, but it's, it's, it was interesting to, to bring up anyway. Yeah. No, I, I'm sad. Yeah. I'm sad that, you know, I, I wasn't aware that you'll pretty much right through the coals on that one. That's, it was really bad. Yeah, I, I've never never had an experience like that on the internet before. Just like the the things people were saying were just just awful. And, you know, and, and most of them, I'm sure, didn't even watch the video. They just, like, you know, looked at the thumbnail mm. or whatever and, like, oh, look at this. Look at this white guy being woke or whatever. And I, I think that's what a lot of it. I think people are just really angry. Like, I think people are just angry and they have an axe to grind about literally everything. And they just, like, they want to take something away. And... Uh, I think that's really unfortunate. And I like, it was just one of those sobering realities. I was like, I thought, I thought we were better than this. You know what I mean? Like I, I genuinely thought we were better than this. And um, it was, it, you know, I'm not going to stop making content like that. If I feel like I have something to say in that space again, I'm not going to not say it um, because ultimately it did still mean a lot to the people I was speaking with. Like I had people who went out of their way to find me on Twitter, DM me and be like, man, like that, I really appreciated that video and, and whatever. And, and that was, you know, made it almost worth all of the harassment, but, (laughs) um, but you know, even if these games, even if Splatoon three, even if Pokemon like never say it out loud, the fact that there's a conversation to be had at all, um, can be very, very important to somebody when it could be something completely innocuous to you or I, you know? Hmm. Yeah, no, I think um, and for the most part, you know, you don't particularly want it to stand out either. You want it to be like, yeah, it's just normal. It's kind of like... Just normal. I remember right. um, like someone discussing Star Wars. Like when you're watching... I brought it up this earlier as well, but you're watching Star Wars, you're not thinking about like race or whatever. It's just everyone's in space. Everything's weird and wacky and, you know, love and life, but it, it, sh- it shouldn't be that all that different, you know, in the real world either. Everyone should just, just sort of uh, at least respect each other and <laughs> leave each other alone. If you're, if you're really thinking, just thinking pretty negatively, but yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this life is too hard to go through without people, you know, especially people like that who have to go through struggles where, you know, they're not accepted in society and in their leisure activity in the, you know, you and I can unwind with playing a game or whatever. And and we aren't affected by things like that, but they're having to, you know, play these games and try to escape to these worlds and find that little bit of release from the struggles of the real world and also not see themselves represented in there either. Um, So it's, it's just rough. And like, I, you know, I think even having the possibility is a, is a step in the right direction. And I think it's really, really unfortunate that people feel like they have to take that possibility away and feel like they have to push their own narrative or accuse people of trying to get clicks or, you know, or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, it just, it was really deeply sad. 
I hope um I hope you find the positive part of the community that's um not like that for future future video releases. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the people the people I made it for liked it and and that ultimately is uh, is good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, just keep keep doing what you believe in. That's that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Random people on yeah. YouTube, you know, uh, it seems to be a pretty negative place for <laughs> that some people like to go and dwell in. Uh, I've never been yeah. a YouTube commenter or really a anything commenter. Really, I sort of if I if I watch something and I don't like it, oh well, no, I didn't like that much. I'll, <laughs> my attention span's so short. I'm probably already on to the next thing. I didn't like it anyway, so I don't have time. Because you're ri- a normal, well-adjusted person <laughs> who isn't angry on the internet all day. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have time to be like, oh, you know, I really don't like um, this inclusive bullshit. I don't want anyone included. I don't have time for that. Like, I had yeah. a guy comment like, <laughs> I shouldn't have to worry about my eight-year-old son coming home and playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and asking me what trans is. This is disgusting that you would put this on the internet. And I hope you're wrong about these characters and blah, blah, blah. Oh. You know, it was comments like that. Yeah. 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 Well, your son's going to come home and he's going to play Pokemon. He's going to be completely unaware of what's going on because I dare say <laughs> not going to be like, this is the trans type. Where it's like you know it's not going to be right. like in your face. It's going to be like this character. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. You sort of look at him and like, oh, that's that's a person, and they say some funny dialogue, and they've got um they've got a Pikachu, and it evolves into the new form, and that's pretty cool. And I think that's as far as it will go, <laughs> as far as a kid yeah. goes. Yeah. And um, I think that's just important in normalizing it, you know, a bit where it isn't just in your face because anything in your face, whether it's positive or negative, it's kind of like oh, oh yeah, well, calm down. I'm 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 here for something else, but uh, you know, if you if you want it to just be normalized, I think that I think Pokemon's doing it in a, in a decent way, whether they're aiming yeah, for it or not. Start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, start somewhere for sure. And it's and, and I even say I end the video saying that, like I I yeah. like I'm sure this isn't going to be some front facing thing, but the fact that we even have the possibility is what's important. The fact that the possibility is even out there at all. The fact that a trans person could potentially latch onto these characters is what's important. Yeah. Just, yeah. Nintendo games are great. Family friendly, just include more people. And um, yeah. I think Nintendo has had a bit of a struggle with that in more recent times, like Pokemon, let's go Eevee, let's go Pikachu. Like if you don't have access to like all your arms and your hands, you can't play that game. You can't, right, you can't right. throw the Pokeball, you can't aim. And typically that's a series that you only need an A, B and a D pad for. <laughs> so, um, right. I think, um, you know, so, some of the teams, um, whether it's Game Freak or at Nintendo, you know, there's some things they need to work out, whether it's just physically or maybe culturally, but I think they're on the right path anyway, for the most part. But um, let's move on to Gamescom. This is the last sort of story I want to wrap up on. Uh, there's a lot of stuff at Gamescom and a lot of it was non-Switch related, but I'd like just to sort of get some of your takes on some games you might be excited for that have come out of Gamescom. So personally for me, like it, it was here in Australia and over in Germany, completely different time zones. So I, I watched a little bit while I was um, up with uh, Lucas, like at four o'clock in the morning. And um, I didn't really, <laughs> didn't really say anything that I enjoyed that much, but a little bit of a surprise. I'm just going through a bit of a list now. Um, probably the thing that stood out to me most was Moving Out 2. This is an Australian made game. Mm. Um so I was pretty excited to see that. And it's pretty cool that they're taking That's like cool. the, the next big step, which is basically like cross-play across all devices. You got your account and um, it's just taking that that big step forward with that, um, say, like Fall Guys and a lot of these sort of online party games are taken. So 
that's one that I'm kind of excited for. Um, another one is probably near the top of my list, and, and it's kind of weird to say this. Um, <laughs> I know you feel similar, but Sonic Frontiers, actually pretty excited for Sonic Frontiers. I think it looks pretty good. Me but too. I'm so standoffish because like Sonic Forces in 2017, that was just disaster. And <laughs> it, it, it always goes on sale for about 15 bucks. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, oh, should I, is it worth fifteen dollars? I'm gonna check out a review. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not even worth fifteen bucks, and that's sad. I just, I, so I'm just hoping that Sonic Frontier is, a, is at least like, as far as review goes, reviews go, gets like a seven. It's good. You'll get fun sure. out of it. Like thumbs up at least. Like please at least be that. I've got pretty low expectations. I just want it to be <laughs> just a, a fun game where it's like, oh look, what's over there? Run over there as Sonic. Do some grinding. <laughs> And that's it. Like I think it looks great. Yeah, I hope yeah. it's at least that. But I think it looks fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, do you reckon you'll get it on Switch or do you reckon you'll get it elsewhere? Personally, I'm thinking like PlayStation Five for my purchase. Yeah, it'll certainly run better on PS Five. Although I will say, when we saw it at that, I think it was at the partner showcase we got in. Yeah. Yep. Uh, late June, um, and we saw Switch gameplay. I was like, oh wow! Like it actually looks like it's running like better than i expected on switch and and i i really i kind of like getting these kind of like ports these like triple a kind of ports or whatever and just seeing how the switch version is so i'll play it on switch um yeah i think it looks great like i think it looks really fun i'm not like some dyed in the wool sonic fan i've played a lot of them but i actually find myself liking a lot of the sonic games that a lot of people don't like okay um yep like <laughs> some of my favorite Sonic games, like I loved Sonic Chronicles on DS. Like I thought that oh, game yeah. was great. Yeah, yeah Bioware game. I, I had a great time with that. Um, I even like Sonic Boom more than most people. Like people really dunk on Sonic Boom. And I, I actually thought it's a non-traditional Sonic game for sure. Um, and people want like that kind of classic Sonic gameplay and Sonic Boom just, just ain't it. Mm. Um, but it did like really great character work, which is why like the animated series is so beloved because of the, the yeah. stuff they, they did with the characters was awesome and um, i actually thought it was fairly successful in that regard even sonic forces like here's the thing like that game's not for me but like my nephews love sonic forces like the the idea that you can go in and make your own original character in this universe how huge is that for kids who play these games and they want to put themselves in that universe like they, they love that. They got to make their own custom character and it's like this little bird person who can like double jump and fly in the air and stuff. And like, that, that's awesome for them, you know? Um, so I think Sonic is kind of find like the audience that it really wants to appeal to. And I look at Sonic Frontiers and I'm like, I'm going in with low expectations. I'm going in thinking it looks fun. I'm like, I like seeing Sonic in like weird situations like Sonic in the black Knight and stuff like that. Like Sonic in a medieval fantasy, mm. you know, like I, I like seeing Sonic in these dumb, like photo real environments with like kingdom Hearts style music. I'm kind of into it. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm going in with low expectations and I'm just trying to have fun. And, and I, I think it looks fun. That's, that's really all I need and I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the idea of just running, like just a pure idea of Sonic, in a big open space, running around. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Like it honestly just does. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I'm in. I just hope they, 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 they get it right. I just <laughs> really do. Um, I, I probably would pre-order the, the title, honestly, but I'm just not that confident 
just yet. But sure. Yeah, they, they've got they didn't earn it the last game, so we'll see how they go. Hey, even if it's bad, I'll I'll stream it and I'll have fun with it, even if it's bad. Like it'll it'll be fun to like play and watch, even you know. So I I'm just I'm just kind of along for the ride, man. I'm here for it. Mm. <laughs> Probably one of my honestly one of my most excited um sort of announcements from Gamescom was uh, Hideo Kojima's new podcasting announcement. This is such a weird sort of announcement. And I asked, this is one I saw live. And only Kojima is the one who could get away with at a games showcase, being like, hey, I've got a new <laughs> podcast coming out next month on Spotify. Um, I thought it was interesting. And it's sort of, uh, this was before um, Sakurai um, announced his YouTube channel, but I thought it was pretty, um, it's pretty cool. He's got an English version and the Japanese version. And I am sort of wondering how well it's going to translate into like English. Because with Sakurai, it's just him yeah. talking, but they put subtitles. But with a podcast, are they going to have a going to have a translator just translating his whole podcast? And how will that come across them? Like, will it come across very natural, or will it just be a translator in your ear for the whole time? But um, yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting just to get another perspective from the Japanese video game development and Kojima, obviously a legend in the industry. So it'd be pretty cool. I'm keen to check it out, but of course, yeah, Same. only Kojima, Kojima could get away with this because if it was <laughs> uh, if it was someone else, I was just like um trying to think of just any other director or producer in the games industry. Like, well, what are you doing here? We don't care about your Spotify thing, even if we really enjoy it and we will check it out. But at this place, I don't know. But it was, it was funny anyway. I, I thought it was cool. I'm, I'm going to at least check it out see how, yeah, I'm really curious to see how it's going to translate. And just like we were saying with Sakurai, I, I really love the idea of these legendary game designers like talking to fans in that way and sharing their knowledge and their experience. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to checking it out. <laughs> I guess also just other non-gaming related things. We've got a Pokemon car. We've got Pokemon crossing the mini, <laughs> which... It looks cool. It looks very futuristic. It's got like a big, like that big, you know, screen on like the dashboard where Pikachu like lights mm-hmm. up and the thunder thunderbolt strikes out. It looks pretty cool. But also, why is this here? Like, <laughs> this is, yeah. this was the announcement. Like, I like Pokemon. I don't. I, the mini is cool. I guess I don't. I, why, I wouldn't though? want one, but but why? Why? <laughs> why? I think uh, you know Jeff Keeley's getting a getting a nice bag from someone. That's fine, but. It, that's what it is yeah. it's also like the only talking point like we've got for a nintendo podcast being like there's a pokemon car <laughs> <laughs> there's a pokemon car and by the way mini aceman is apparently they they say they're as iconic a brand as pokemon so that was news to me <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't think you're as iconic as pokemon but yeah um yeah yeah I, look no, no, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum. There's probably somebody out here listening to this. It's like, what are you talking about? I love the mini, you know, Aceman or whatever. Um, but yeah, man, it, it is unfortunate that that's like one of the few Nintendo related talking points from the entire thing. <laughs> um, a, a, another non Nintendo game, but High on Life, which is coming to Xbox Game Pass on December yeah. 13th. Uh, this uh, little gameplay trailer, it showed, well, it wasn't a trailer, it was just straight gameplay of. A boss battle in the game and i'm i'm pretty sold on this game because I'll, I'll get it on game pass and i'll play it that way so i'm pretty excited about it and um we were talking about sakurai earlier with kid icarus one thing i really loved about kid icarus uprising is just and some people hate this but i loved it it's just like the characters are always talking back and forth yeah. the whole game is just 
characters developing every second of that game, which I really liked. And this seems to be that. Like, you got a gun that's talking to you. And there was a, there was some, there was a snippet that IGN showed that, you know, you're, you're aiming towards this little alien boy and the boy's like, you can't shoot me, you can't shoot that. me. And then, like, you basically shoot him and the gun just reacts. I'm like, oh, my God, we just shot him up. <laughs> it's just really funny. But in this uh, gameplay snippet, your other arm, like your left hand, gets out this grappling hook, which is also like a, a dagger. And the dagger's like this like crazy, like, ah, oh, let me stab him. Let me let me cut off his asshole later. It, it just, <laughs> that, that line <laughs> just... It really tickled me. Something, something fierce. I know some people might not be in so such crude humor, but I love the crude humor. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. So, it, it made me a little bit more excited for this game. Just the whole, let me cut off their asshole and eat it. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> shit! <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty vulgar, man. It was yeah, pretty. It, it was pretty intense. And and I like you know, and and I like Rick and Morty and stuff like that. Like I, you know, I'm a fan overall of justin roiland stuff um I, I i do feel like this one my take on it when i was watching this he has this like penchant for just like kind of kind of like repeating like kind of really beating the dead horse of the dialogue sometime like mm-hmm. uh we just we just shot a guy he's dead now you know that we did that he's dead he's really dead and he just like going yeah, yeah, in yeah. and in and in you know and, and like he does that a lot and like the the knife was doing that too that that to me is like a little bit grating but mm-hmm. i do kind of like how it, it, it like reminds me of like the old odd world games. Like everything just looks like plastic and prosthetic and gross. Yeah. You know, like it just kind of has that vibe to it. I, I'm kind of into the style of it. It looks kind of old school in it's design, like first person shooter where you're swinging around and shooting a boss. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of into it. Yeah. So I'm keen to check that out. Um, I've never been like a fan of Rick and Morty or whatever. I've been, I've watched like two episodes, so I really don't yeah. have any like past work to go on, but um, I think that line, that line in particular, just for some reason, I'm like, <laughs> Soldier. I'm like, holy shit, that's pretty, I don't know, it made me laugh, but if I play the actual game, it might get old pretty quick, I'm not sure. Yeah, be like I'm a- glad you're so positive on it. A lot of people came away from that, like, being turned off by the game, so I'm, I'm glad you're so positive I did hear that, it. yeah. I think a lot of people have been yeah. sort of watching a lot of these, these, um, these showcases, and they've seen it a couple of times now. Well, I saw it at the Xbox conference and now this is just the second time I'm seeing it. So I haven't really been inundated with it just yet. But, you know, it might be just a one-trick pony as well and that that made me laugh, but the rest is just all the same and it's whatever. Because sure. the actual shooting and all that didn't look that great, like from a gameplay perspective. So it'll be interesting once you get the th- like thumbs on the sticks, see what it actually feels like. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, there isn't too much more for me. There's Goat Simulator 3, which looks like it could be fun, but I can't see myself um, buying it. That'll be a great Game Pass game for me, personally. But, <laughs> um, apart from that, yeah, nothing nothing too exciting, really. Like, Tales, uh, new Tales from the Borderlands looks interesting. Um, that's also coming the Switch, which is pretty cool. But yeah, Blister uh, Pro- uh, Protocol which, as well. Um, but I'm not too interested in that personally, but... Anything else? Yeah, uh, anything else for you that uh, you're keen for? It was cool to see Monkey Island. Oh yes, um, yes. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge Monkey Island fan, so it was cool to like get that release day, get that new trailer and everything. I'm really really excited about that. I've been a Monkey Island fan my entire life, and um, that that's one of the the earliest games I remember playing as a kid. My uncle's copy of that game on an actual floppy disk. I remember that. 
And um, still, the the intro tune to Monkey Island is like one of the most evocative pieces of music for me. Like I just, oh, I, I love even just like the beginning where it just like fades in. You get that little twinkly like do 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 do. Oh, I love it. It's so good. It's like the Goonies, and it's like the you know all this like Treasure Island kind of stuff, like all wrapped into one with like the humor of you know Ron Gilbert and. Yeah, I just I love Monkey Island. I'm really really excited about that. <laughs> if, if I had unlimited time, I'll definitely check it out. Um, but it might be a wish list yeah. title for for the time being. But wasn't there sort of a bit of controversy going on with that game? Like, didn't Twitter like run yeah. the, run the developer off off Twitter because of the art style or something? Yeah, people were so upset about the art style. I think it looks great. It does, yeah. Um, <laughs> I personally, but but yeah, people were so down on the art style that Ron Gilbert was like, you know what? I'm just gonna back off. Like, I don't really. Mm. And I think he kind of knew because it was just revealed a couple months ago. I think he kind of knew that they were in the home stretch anyway. He's like, I I probably don't need to say much. Like, yeah. I, I can probably just you know let Devolver Digital roll out the new trailers or whatever, and I, I can probably kind of step back from this, you know. Um, but I think the people who love Monkey Island are, are on board. I, I personally, Monkey Island's gone through so many art style changes too. And I've, I've enjoyed all of them. Like if it were up to me, like I sure look, I would love a pixel art, old school style, LucasArts scum game, Monkey Island. But, um, but in the modern age, like it's far less laborious to make it look like this, especially at a budget. I think the game's 20 bucks, you know? So I'm, yeah, I'm so stoked for it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a, another aspect of uh, <laughs> internet being a, a bit silly, but um, it is yep. what it is. <laughs> I reckon I really want to rally those people up and just put your anger towards Nintendo for Mario Strikers. Come on, help me out here. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm grumpy about it. And everyone's just like, ah, it's all right. I'm like, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am joking about that. Don't um, don't do that. Just direct, <laughs> just direct the passion somewhere else. Like rather than being mad about that, like go do literally anything else. Go get your laundry you know? done, you grumpy bastards. Yeah, cross. Yeah, go touch grass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> do something. All right. Well, that's all our news. So yeah, got through that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So let's uh, let's move on to the red coin releases for the games that came out this week, and um, there's actually some decent games this week too. We're having some good uh, good weeks in a row, which is which is good. So let's jump into that. Wow. All right, so we've got a nice little uh, theme here, Seth. So you know, <laughs> jo- join in the vibes here. But um, the first ga- the first game here is right, and I'll I'll discuss that. But I'll send you a link here. This is a list of the eShop games that came out this week. Say something that uh, that tickles your tickles your fancy, whether it's just a funny name or a good game. <laughs> okay. So the first game is Riot, and Riot is a high-speed precision precision platformer where you must conquer a series of demanding trials, a rite of passage for every every nim, every nim. I don't want <laughs> every that nim. Because I love it. It throws me off sometimes because, like, when I open the eShop page, like, some words are like separated to the next line, so I've got to like, I've got to put it together in my brain. And sometimes it slows me down a bit. I'm like an old processor on your maybe your mum's computer, which takes a little bit too long. But <laughs> it gets there eventually. It gets the job done. 
So the little blurb here is find the key and reach the exit to move on to the next trial and maybe collect some gold along the way. Who knows? It could prove val valuable to those who like a brutal challenge. For fans of platformers old and new, right features 160 cr uh, uh, carefully crafted levels, fluid and responsive controls, lush pixel art, and an original soundtrack track by the grand prize Big Fuzz. And um, I actually got access to this game. Um, it's an it's a Adelaide developed Australian game, so very local. I just um, I haven't uh, fired it up yet, unfortunately. But it's pretty cheap. It's only like ten bucks here in Australia. So and it's also on sale for twenty percent off. So not too bad. Um, personally, okay. it reminds me a lot of maybe Super Meat Boy, where it's like those hard, challenging levels, but you could pretty much see a lot of it in like the one screen. Um, which is which is pretty neat. I'm keen to keen to get into it. I just haven't been in like the action reflex mode where um, I'm <laughs> I really need to be demanded as far as my skills go. I've been like, all right, I just want to sure. play a J yeah. JRPG and I want to select my moves and watch it happen. <laughs> to be honest, lately. Um, so yeah, that's that's my game. Have you picked one yet, Seth? You know what? I I could shout out you know all kinds of games here that like you know there's I, I look at some of this stuff. I'm like you know. Eyelets looks cool. Pac-Man World Repack looks cool. That's that's all well and good. I'm going to go with the Vikings games Madness Fight. Okay. <laughs> which which just... I'm looking at the eShop listing here. And my goodness, it looks magical. The blurb here, the Vikings games Madness Fight <laughs> is a fighting game for two players where you move your arms madly to try to hit your opponent and win the fight. And just one of the screenshots just one of the characters just is kratos from god of war oh but interesting his name his name is keratos <laughs> like it's just kratos <laughs> with an a between the k and the r uh pretty good pretty good let me look up this I'm this is <laughs> vikings game <laughs> man is fine so it's so yeah, seven dollars and 35 game. cents here in australia well that that is kratos yeah so yeah it <laughs> just is kratos I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out what's actually going on like it's very like it's very just pixel art but i'm trying to figure out like yeah. what you're actually doing it looks like a fighting game you got health bars at the top fighting game mm -hmm. a little bit confused and um just like the menu there looks like it's like a flash game or something which you know nothing wrong with flash games but it's definitely got a style <laughs> <laughs> i look somebody likes it Somebody out there, somebody out there likes it. I'm not gonna yuck somebody's somebody's yum. <laughs> yeah, no, don't don't uh, don't yuck people's yum because um, <laughs> yums are delicious. Um, what else? We, what else we got here? This um this game looked interesting to me as well. Um, I think it's pronounced Islet. Yeah, yeah. I don't mm. know. I don't know how you pronounce it, but I was looking at that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's it's got a very nice look, sort of art style, very like hand drawn. And um, the blurb here on the eShop is, Take to the sky, reunite a fragmented and lovingly painted world and face, powerf uh, uh, and face powerful monster uh, adversaries in this surprisingly wholesome adventure game. Aiko is an inspiring uh, yet hopeful warrior exploring the land and sky to re reunite a series of floating islands. With this rickety airship, he must travel from island to island in order to reignite each one's magnet core while fighting off many adversaries standing in his way. 
Uh, Islets is a surprisingly wholesome, wholesome Metroidvania about uh, making connections with people around you. So cool. That, that actually sounds really cool. Looks nice too. Yeah, so. a friend of mine's been playing it and he really likes it, but I, okay. um, I, I'm, I'd be interested. This is the same developer behind uh, this game, Sheepo, which is a uh, non-violent Metroidvania. Oh. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd All be interested in this Yeah, one. so they've they've had sort of their chops in the Metroidvania scene before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that looks cool. So, yeah, it's just um, $28.95 on the Australian eShop, so it's probably $1.50 in the US for you, Seth, knowing our conversion rates. Yeah, I, I <laughs> Not quite that cheap. Let me... Yeah, yeah but it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's probably something like that. <laughs> be about 20 or 21 but it's like 20. Let me see what we got here. Uh, now, now you got me curious. It is. I'm loading up the American eShop right now. Let's see what we got here. Uh, yeah, 20. Yep. Nice. Yep. Very nice. All right. Well, I think um, that sort of uh, does it for what I want to ho- highlight. But yeah, Pac Man World did come out. Um, I was a teenage exocolonist as well, which looks pretty interesting. Bunch of stuff on the eShop if you want to go and check it out. Which, um, <laughs> there's, there's a game here called Forest Camp Story. And for some reason, I just read it as yeah, Forest Gump. I don't know. <laughs> just, just caught my eye. I'm like, Forest Gump Story. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would like to play that. Yeah, that'd be cool. So yeah. That I'd be br- all right with that. That brings us to the end of the Red Queen releases. And Seth brings us to the end of the House of Mario. I know... I've taken you away from Splatoon, um, the, the Splatfest, <laughs> and uh, sorry for taking you away for two hours and 20 so minutes, but I really, hey, really, really appreciate your time and um, obviously being able to talk to you for the first time. I'm sure it will be the first of many, which I'm really excited to uh, to continue, you know, collaborating and stuff with you as far as our yeah. podcast and everything go. And it's um it's been great too because we sort of, uh, we got the, the kick to basically do this because... Uh, someone else basically made like a, a bit of a, a text thread on, on Twitter just with a bunch of um, us Nintendo podcasters. So, you know, mm-hmm. being able to um, talk with one another and that became that little bit easier and that gave us the push and I'm really glad it happened. Um, I really, Me I've, too. I've really enjoyed the last couple of hours uh, having a chat with you and I think we covered a lot of ground, which is great. So, yeah, no, thank you very yeah. much again. Yeah, so... You do a lot of work. I think everybody needs to go and check you out. I think after listening to this for you know two and a so, so two and a so hours, I think um I think they realise you're a you're a really great person to listen to. You've got that really soothing, calming voice, which um I really appreciated <laughs> in your content. I I I, I think it's Thank great. You. And the first time I listened to you, I don't know if this is a I don't know if you've heard this before or this is a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing, but your voice. Reminded me of um, Max Scoville from IGN. Have you ever heard that before? Really? No, I've never. I'm a big fan of Max Scoville, but I've never. Yeah, I've never heard that before. That's I haven't, interesting. I haven't listened to Max in a long time. It's been a little while since I've tuned into Podcast Beyond. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's sort of what clicked in my mind um, first. So I mean that's that cool. as a compliment. I'll Here's, take that. I, I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> no, look, I'll, I'll take that. You know, it's it's really funny. I um. I've always not liked my voice until, oh, really? like, but, but now that I, that people, yeah. And, and it's just cause I've just heard such an inordinate, uh, inordinate amount of it over mm-hmm. the years. Like I just, <laughs> I've had to hear so much of my own voice, but, 
Um, but I've heard I've been complimented so much on my voice, especially from people listening to All In. So it has given me a little more confidence in it. So I, I do appreciate that. And it's and yeah, I mean, just to, to echo what you said, like it's been great to finally just kind of connect and hang out with you for a little bit and you know, get to get to talk some Nintendo. I love that we you know, kind of got that drive and that push to connect with other Nintendo content creators. And that's something that I talk about with a lot of folks, just like we, we should be doing this more. We should be doing this more often. You know, like we, we have, I think a unique space in this sort of indie Nintendo world that, that we are in where it's not, it's not that competitive. It's not like people are actually just trying to lift each other up and work together and be friends and, I feel like that is pretty unique to this little scene that we find ourselves in. Um, it's really, really wonderful. Because, mm. like, you know, there's a lot of people I have stuff in common with because of video games, and then if they like Nintendo games, I have that little bit more in common with. But when it comes to people that love Nintendo and love podcasting and do a Nintendo podcast, that's yeah. when, like, our interests really sort of lock in. And I was listening to Sean Capri's podcast with the GamerCast and Andros was on. And he was talking about like the yeah. struggle, the struggles and tribulations about, you know, doing the podcast and what makes it hard and tricky and, you know, his drive and compared to maybe like, you know, his co-host or something who was just you know, there because it's fun and all that. But I'm like, right, right. I'm like, we really have so much in common. And while we're from different parts of the world, different jobs and different interests out of gaming, I think um, it really sort of cements us as, um, as you know, straight away friends because we just jumped on and did this podcast and had a great time. I think it was a, I think it was a yeah. lot of fun. I hope everyone else enjoyed as well. And uh, like I said, after listening to Seth for this long, definitely want to go and check out his podcast, All and a Nintendo Podcast, and keep Nintendo weird. And also go and check out his YouTube channel, Twitch channel, all under the um, All N um, name, I believe. Yeah, it's pretty much all N podcast, A L L letter N podcast. You just you Google that, you'll find us pretty much everywhere. And uh, and yeah, thanks so much again for having me, man. Th- this has been a blast. Like we're, I mean, we're two and a half hours just melted away, just <laughs> hanging out. I could I could hang out with you all night. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And um, guys, that brings us to the end. So thank you very much for coming over to the house of Mario. This has been episode two hundred and thirty-two. But guess what? My hospitality has run out, Seth. It's time to go home. <laughs> so, all right, so, I guess. It's time to go to bed, all right? Kick you out the bar, kick you out the kitchen. You know, you've eaten all my um, my ice cream, my Mario Party Superstar <laughs> ice cream. King DD has sucked everything out my fridge. It's, 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 yeah, right. I've had enough. So it's time to go home. Um, so the DD doors... and I are out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the doors to this episode are closed, guys. I'll catch you later. The House of Mario, a Nintendo podcast, is lovingly crafted and recorded in the southeast of South Australia. The show is produced and hosted by me, Drew Agnew, and my co-host is Bryce DeWitt. If you enjoy my work here and on my other podcasts, Encore at the House of Mario, A Drew Story, and Crackin' Furfies, help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you would like to show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week to spend more time refining and creating podcasts, 
please consider checking out patreon.com slash idruby, where for only $1, you get access to my secret recordings, where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.